Hi. This is the 41st episode. <laughs> Who knows? Of the Final Fantasy Podcast. Yep. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Is <laughs> that an aggressive? <laughs> we're back. I was angry. No. Back. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It's been a couple of months, hasn't it? It has. The longest stretch. Yes. Other than the, the, the 25 years between us being born and the podcast starting. I suppose that if, you want, be, if you want to be pedantic about it. That was probably the... Well, it, it, how far back are you going? Well, I just went all the way back. We didn't, did you? Because if you're talking about... You've done it within the context of us existing. Yeah. If you're talking about just the podcast existing. Well, if we... All of existence. If there we, was no podcast If we don't exist, last, Sam, yeah. there is no podcast with us on it, is there? No. So surely that should be the beginning... That should be the beginning. Not the beginning of everything. Why not? Okay, why not the beginning of our parents? Why not the beginning of their parents? Well, or because, their parents? Because they're not on this podcast. No, but we wouldn't be here if not for them. No. There's no podcast without us. There's All no right, us fine. without our parents. Okay, like next break, we'll we'll have like a 200 year break. Yes. And then we can say like this definitively right. has been the longest gap. 200, no, since the beginning of existence. You're talking like four... Six, four to six no, billion sure years. There was, there was like a fourteen billion. I'm sure, there was like a tweet or something. Not a tweet. It might, it might have been a tweet. Someone might have retweeted it. This is a, this is not the important part. That the universe came into being two hundred years ago. No, 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 no. Okay. Although I'm sure those tweets exist. Well, that's not even a creationist. That's like a modern. Yeah, that's <laughs> some a, weird neo creationist. Like, yeah, some yeah. weird guy who's yeah. like, this is a faith now. <laughs> I guess that's how it works in the modern day, right? The 18th century is a myth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. whatever. Um... Yeah, they said that, like, um, you're, like, obviously, uh, women are born with all of their eggs that they'll carry during their whole life. Right. So, those eggs are developed in the womb of their mother. Mm. So, if you think about it, technically, you have existed inside your mother who's existed inside your grandmother. Yeah, yeah, connects you back all through human history. Well, yeah, if you keep going back. But, like, at, at any one time, like, if a woman's pregnant, like, the next two generations are literally within her. Right. I think. Yes. So if we're using that logic, right, then I think 200 years, if anything, is generous. If you're using that logic, yeah. yeah. But where do you draw the line? Well, it's arbitrary. It's our point. grandparents' generation. I think I very clearly just drew the line. Our, what about great grandparents? Well, I I drew the line, Sam. Okay. <laughs> well, this is the line that I have drawn. Right. Where Where is your line? I don't see your line currently. My line. Well, yeah, my line was pretty clear when I said the longest stretch since the beginning of the podcast. So my timeline is since we started the podcast. Right. The longest break between podcasts. Actually, definitionally, the longest break between podcasts has to be after the podcast started. It's, well, this is all a joke, Sam, isn't it? <laughs> what? We're all, ha- like, it all. It's all, <laughs> it's all just yeah, a joke. Yeah. We were having a joke. Yes. But as usual... <sighs> Yours accusing me of this. Well, you do it. Of deflating your... You always do it. Of de- I would say if someone had to judge who deflates whose whimsy, mm. it wouldn't be I deflate yours. No? No. If, <laughs> if you take a straw poll, like who's the buzzkill? Well, I... No, because I'm the one who brings, like, here's whimsy, and you go, ah, but I don't buy this whimsy. I'm never like that. You are. I No, I refer you to all prior podcasts. All prior whimsy. All prior whimsy, yeah. <laughs> Okay. It's intact. I'm Jordan, by the way. And I'm Sam. And this is our podcast. It is. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, it's been too long. Yeah, give, 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 us like, <laughs> give us like a few minutes to warm up again. Yeah, I've um, forgotten how to talk like this. Yes. I mean, I don't really, uh, you know, 
lockdown is still basically in full swing. Mm. I'm with my mother. We talk, but mainly in kind of just grunts and... Uh, yeah. all right? I only Food really... over there. Eh. Pretty much. Yeah. I only really talk to you. Mm. Like, converse. Mm. So when I see you twice a week, that's the routine we've this got should going be easy then, surely. Because well, that's think, exactly what you're doing right now. Yeah. But we've only recently started doing that again since you stopped working. Yes. Well, before so, we get to all of that... Yes. Coming up on the podcast... Coming up. My own personal employment hell... Season 4 of Fargo and some TV stuff. Doctor Who and the MCU. The Capitol breach and Trump and all that nonsense. Tenets. A review of Soul, the Pixar film, and its natural bedfellow abortion. <laughs> and finally, the sound of metal. It's just sound of metal. It's just sound of metal. No, the... But it's a review. It's the review of... Sound, sound of metal. And so that was the part where I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. All right, okay. Um, yes, that's sort of the reason that we, uh, we, we stopped doing the podcast for a couple of months, wasn't it? I was working the night shift yeah. at a supermarket mm-hmm. during Christmas, yeah. during a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of out of it for a couple of months. Yeah. Just you, running on autopilot. The spark that wasn't there anyway had gone. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't feel like I'm the, the most, um, energetic, like... No. Oh, there's a light within that person anyway. There's not a twinkle in the eye. No. no. So imagine just how bad things got that Sam <laughs> said that twinkle has gone. <laughs> yeah. I won't name the supermarket. You're like a zombie who became a zombie. Yes. That's, that's yeah. what it was like. Yeah, the zombie's zombie. Yeah. It's like worse. Um, yeah, I won't name the supermarket specifically because <laughs> I have nothing but negative things to say about them. Have we... Uh, it's not been mentioned before. Have we not said the name? I'm of? pretty sure Okay, we didn't. The reason... I mean, yes, I have nothing negative. I have nothing but negatives to say about them. Yeah. But also at one point, my manager... One of my four managers that I had, because I guess that's how you run a supermarket. You sure. just have like... Oh, here's four people that are vaguely in charge of you. Go. Yeah, Kafka-esque. Yeah. Yeah. There's four... Here's four people that are vaguely in charge of you. Then there's like a guy above them that's in charge of them. And then he answers to the actual person that's in charge. Yeah. And they randomly punish you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I genuinely didn't know until like, because I worked there for about, I don't know exactly how many weeks, but it was just over two months I worked there. Yeah. And it wasn't until towards the end of the first, t- uh, near the beginning of the second month that I actually knew who my direct line manager was. Right. I assumed it was this guy who'd been speaking to me. Mm-hmm. Turns out he had nothing to do with all that. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah anyway, he took me aside. Um, it was during some, like, uh, performance review thing. And he said that uh, we have spies on the internet. Right. So people who work for the company. Oh, right. They will, if if they say something negative about the supermarket online, that comment or that podcast or whatever, that gets removed. And then we hear about it. Like, we get a phone call from one of these spies. Right. And we end up getting punished internally. So it, it reflects badly. When I say punished internally, I, I mean, like... Not sodomized. No, no, no. The, the punishment... <laughs> like, people within the company... Yeah. Uh, like, give the punishment. Right, hang on. So, if, if you're an employee of this company X... Yeah. And you spout off about it online... Yeah, oh, company form. X are bastards. Yeah. Of course, every little criticism helps. Oh, Sam. <laughs> see? So I did that. <laughs> That's a lawyer skirting around there, right? Um, 
I suppose every little criticism hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so if you go off on one about it, yeah. then they will find that. These yes. spies, these internet spies, yes. who are hired to kind of... That might, snuff, like, that might be their only purpose. To sniff just, out yeah, critiques. Just be on the internet and look for any negativity and just right. get rid of it. Oh, yeah, what does that mean, get rid of it? How does that work? I don't know. How, um, so... Company X, as if there's any ambiguity, <laughs> is going to contact YouTube and say, you need to take down the Fun Limited podcast because they've Well, that's the scenario off. I'm trying to avoid. I don't know if they... Right. I, I use this as an example. I don't know if they would go as far as to take down a podcast. Yeah. But I don't want this, in, this, this like, however long this episode's going to be. Yeah. I don't want these, like, 20 minutes we're talking about Company X yeah. to, like, you know... There's probably going to be... Knowing our history, there's plenty of other stuff they can get rid of this podcast for. Yes. Why would it be something as trivial as, oh, this company I don't even work for anymore, don't like what I said about That would them. be annoying. Yeah. Comparatively speaking, to go out with that whimper. Yes. Rather than a bang. Yeah, exactly. I want to be taken down for the for the racism and the misogyny. Yeah. I don't want to be taken down for this. The proper way. The yeah. way God intended. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For hate speech, not for... You know, what fear use or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I, I don't even know what it would fall under. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing, because, like, there's, like, YouTube itself is, is just a, you know, there are so many instances of, like, companies claiming, like, uh, like a YouTube video will use, like, 30 seconds of a yeah. piece of music and the company will go, oh, that's our property, and the whole video goes down. Yeah. You've got even got instances where people have claimed, companies have claimed original music that was made by the person on YouTube. Right, okay. Like, the, where the system is just straight up not working properly. Yeah. So I don't know what Company X's, um, what their excuse would be for, mm. like, taking the video down. It's like, oh, it's, I guess, defamation. The problem is all of all of the negative experiences that I could possibly talk about are true. They happened, you know? Yeah, that's, it's, it can't be defamation. I don't, but I don't know what the boundaries of defamation are. No. Whether it's just slagging somebody off or whether it's... Kind of. Unfairly slagging somebody yeah, off. Yeah, I'm sure this is not the uh, the definition in as it is in legal print. Yeah, well, it's not libel. But it's... Well, you, you slag somebody off, whether it be a company or a person. You slag them off to a degree where it affects their ability to function. But surely that's fair game. Right. Well, that's the thing. I don't... I, I suppose you have to prove it's false for it to become defamation. Okay. Well, you have right. to lie about a person to the point where they're they're unable to function or a company is unable yeah, yeah, to sure. function. Yeah, yeah, sure. Let's just... Right. Let's pick one that it's not, okay? Okay. So it's not little. It's not little. No, right. No. So we'll use little as the example. Okay. So if you worked for little mm. and then you left little, you were no longer an employee. Yeah. It's surely within your rights to write whatever or say whatever you want about it. I mean, yeah, I would I would imagine so. Because, yeah, if I was still working for Company X, then, that would, yeah, my punishment would probably be, well, if you don't like working for us, don't work for us then. And I would lose yeah. my job. But exactly, yeah. You that's get, happened now. I understand that. Mm. Like, if you're an employee and you're slagging them off that they sack you. Yeah. Fair enough. Mm. But not now. I, I'm, I'm basically, I'm just taking the precaution no, fair enough, yeah. 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 I mean, everyone knows who we're talking about anyway. Well, yeah, th- thanks yeah. to you. <laughs> yeah. When we do reach, when this does go into a court of law, let it be known that I have not given away the ah, game. It's yet. not legally binding though, is it? How's because it? just saying what I said, mm. alluding, that's, just, I could be making a joke. I could be misleading the uh, listeners. That's very true. Yeah. Yes. But it's not. Maybe that was a red herring. It? Well, now, well, you don't say that. <laughs> It's like those YouTube uh, like YouTube videos of people taking LSD and they're like, oh, it's um, 
for educational purposes, or right. oh, it's a, a dramatic reenactment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not actually like dropping a pound of um, what's the one? What's it called? Acid. LSD, the more powerful one. DMT. Oh, DMT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not dropping like I'm not a act- pound. Yes, it's Jesus. a lot of DMT. Yeah. You probably wouldn't be able to smoke a pound of DMT if you wanted to. Probably not. No. Given how fast and like yeah, a few hits and you're out. You're yeah. incapable of. It's somewhere three, else. right? I think three is the general. Yeah, yeah. Three the is the goal, and three is like you know, if you're lucky, you get to three. Yeah, yeah. Like two is basically insurmountable. Yeah, I think is the idea. Yeah. Okay, so what do you have to say about well, nothing company good. X? No, okay. no. Um, it's the managers that were the main problem, mm. really, because like it's it was a horrible soul crushing job. Yeah. But it was one of those like you know that analogy of like um, you put a frog in a in a pot of water mm. and you slowly turn up the heat so you can like essentially boil the frog without it realizing. Yes, it's so great. It's one of those jobs, right? Where it's just it, it's like it crushes you, but like slowly. Yeah, in increments. In increments, like, like a yeah. bad marriage. Kind of, yeah. You wake up one day like, oh god, I'm in hell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I, you, 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 you're a shelf stacker for Company X. Yeah. And then 15 years later, you're like, oh shit, I'm still a shelf stacker, I'm a shelf for, stacker for, for Company X. X. Yeah. yeah. At night of all yeah. places. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they were the main problem. Like it's a, it's the kind of job that is, for a while, you can kind of do it on autopilot because it requires nothing of you. Mm. Like, there were days where I was just like, if I could just put on music. Yeah. Like, if I could just whack in, like, the Sonic Heroes soundtrack or sure. whatever. <laughs> I could just do this, like... To happily. make the mundane epic. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the... Yeah. What what would be your strategy there? Because I did... When... Because they gave me a week's notice, basically. Mm. They said... I was only... It was only three shifts. But, like, after this week, you will no longer be working for the company. Yeah. And it was three shifts I had to work. But they said, if you want, you can work all every day... Yeah. Until you leave, if you want. Build up a bit of money before you, you know, you're out of work. Right. I was like, no, I'm fine. I'll <laughs> I'm just good. take the three shifts. Yeah. So at that point, I was just like listening to music on the shop floor. Customers weren't there. So yeah. obviously we're in the midst of a pandemic at the moment. So the store is typically 24 hours, but it was closed at night. Right. So it's not as if I was like ignoring customers or anything. Yeah. I think they just have a thing against listening to music. Or yeah. Putting earphones in. It's probably the the image of it, isn't it? The, yeah. The, um, what do you call it? Not the visuals. What's the what's the word in like politics? It's, aesthetic? No, not the aesthetic. It's the oh, that's gonna bug me. We'll come back to it. Yeah, the image. I feel like that. Nah, it's not the image though. Well, I feel like that that, that gets your point across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, the optics. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the, the op- optics of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just like fuck it. You're getting rid of me. I'm yeah. I'm going to listen to music, and I did. I I listened to music in like the sonic. Yeah. End of the spectrum that was like energetic and you know epic if you will like all yeah. that kind of stuff and i listened to more kind of um not muzaki but at the muzaki end of the scale something right. that was like tonally appropriate yeah so what would you do in that situation would you listen <laughs> to something that's like tonally appropriate i'd listen i'd or listen would to you, something or would that... you something that's like okay it's so not representative of the situation but i kind of need that to keep going i suppose I mean, you know, like when people are depressed, they gravitate towards depressing music. Mm. It's like they don't want to listen to the, the, something that might make them feel better. It's like you have to wallow in it. You right. Be, okay. So there's that kind of impulse. Mm. But I would have to listen to something that elevated my spirit from that place. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't score my experience there. No. 
Because, yeah, like, I mean, you do that in your head anyway, right? Oh, you yeah. You kind of score your life all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, I couldn't listen to, like, you know, um, yeah, to boring corporate music or whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, it would be transcendent stuff, you mm. know. Uh, I don't think necessarily rock, so there's that kind of uh, juxtaposition necessarily. It, yeah. it would be more things that, like, w- w- that people would use in adverts to have shots going over mountains and vistas, like, ah, oh, right. Know? At that particular juxtaposition. Mm. Uh, but I mean, like, I worked in uh, a Weatherspoon's. Yeah. I, oh, you don't care. I don't You're care. Just saying I don't it. care. Yeah. yeah. A Weatherspoon's kitchen. And obviously, you couldn't listen, you couldn't do anything other than the job. Yeah. Uh, but, like, especially when I first started there, I think I remember telling you after my first shift, I realized I hadn't thought anything all day. Yes. I'd been in the kitchen all day and I, not a. Not a single substantial thought had no, passed No, you my said head. that like as soon as you got on the train home, that's when all your thinking happened. Yeah, like all Eight of a sudden lyrics, lyrics, lyrics. Yeah, yeah. A it just hit me, yeah. you know? And so I don't think, like, you know, tedious jobs where it's repetitive and you're doing the same thing again and again, you know, uh, like shelf stacking or whatever. Mm. People, the advice is, you know, if you're, if you're sort of your personality doesn't quite gel with that. So, frankly, if you're above that sort of job, mm. then it's time to think. Yeah. I can't do that in that way. Okay. If you give me a monotonous job, it's not time for me to be creative. No. That's not how my brain works. No, no. So I would have to just listen to podcast. I, I would need to absorb information and learn. Yeah. And, but, you know, that's how I would pass the time. But yeah, I can't do that. I can't, Especially in that sort of environment where either in a kitchen where it's kind of high pressure or it's just dull. Yeah. That's not the place for me to let the creative juices flow. Yes. Because, yeah, I, like I said, I did both. I had, like, energetic music playing yeah. to sort of keep me not awake. I was surprised at that. Given that it was, like, at night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was never tired. Okay. I was never, ever tired. Well, it's that flu- fluorescent hell, isn't it? Yes. Like, yeah. Know. It's sort of designed to keep you awake because it's yeah. just like uh, like fluorescence and <laughs> oppressive like ambience oppress yeah that's that's good yeah. i mean at the risk of sounding like a complete wanker we are not ideally suited to these jobs right i'm not saying it's they're beneath us mm. i'm really really not saying that right someone has to do the job mm. but we are not temperamentally suited to it and like the fact that i said like the first day working in the kitchen and it was like a, a culture shock Coming yeah. out of it, like, oh my God, what what was that? And I worked for a day in Pound Stretcher mm. in Ponty. And th- I mean, that's, you know, a small shop compared to a supermarket. But that's like that fluorescent thing. Yeah. And one day was enough. I couldn't take the idea of spending time in that yeah. every day just made me depressed, the thought of it. Yeah. And like when you have to stack shelves and it's just boxes and boxes of shit, especially in Pound Stretcher, junk food. And like off-brand junk food as well, you mm. know, like rip-offs of Jaff cakes and stuff. Yeah. And just like boxes, boxes, but and the thought that people are gonna eat that. It just made me sick. It made me feel <laughs> physically sick. It's not the same person. No, I know that. Do you know what I mean though? But just like all this content. Yeah. All this stuff everywhere. It was yeah. I mean, I did the the frozen section, which added to it, because like I yeah. said, it was over Christmas. So I was like I was freezing cold going to work i was in cold i was cold all day in work because i was in and out of freezers constantly yeah i go home 
and obviously the heating had been off overnight. So I got into bed and I was freezing cold. Yeah. Because the house was freezing cold. So it was basically freezing <laughs> for like two months. Yeah. Um But yeah, like saying about like the music, I had I did do that where like a couple there were a couple of instances where I did like score the um <laughs> But it just ended up being funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah and then, yeah, it's sort of, it's so appropriate that it's sort of funny. But yeah, doing it without music was just... Well, that's the thing, I think. That's what people lose, is the sense of humour. Because even, you know... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was expecting, like, banter, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I, shop floor banter. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not, again, I'm not the most banterous of people. No. I'm, I'm one of those people that kind of needs to be prompted into, like, interaction. Yes. Um... But and I and like you know coerced, forced, yeah. Tortured, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Pushed yeah. as hard as possible into just acknowledging other people. <laughs> Genital electroded into it. Yeah. Um and I thought like, you know, menial soul crushing work like sh- stacking a shelf over the course of the entire night. The type of people that would do that job would not be natural banterers. This is what I mean. This is like with such Barton thinks. Like I expected the experience of the common man. Yeah, and where where yeah. were the common? You yeah. Know, yeah, I yeah I I thought like that's the only way you'd be able to make it through the night is banter, having a laugh, having a laugh. Yeah, I mean, and what, there was not 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 a modicum, modicum, <laughs> modicum, a yeah, modicum, a modicum, yeah, yeah, of a, banter, of joy of like I mean, the two months that I worked there. <laughs> no one spoke to anyone else. Uh, it's the that just crack on with it, innit? Like, well, we weren't. Yeah, it didn't feel like we had the time because yeah. it was kind of like the kitchen in the sense that like, the managers were trying to sort of cultivate this like high pressure mm. like you've got to be doing it you got you know constantly working constantly working you got to be fast you got to be quick like my first day the manager like came over to me he was like oh at, at store x we use two hands right to stack the shelves because it's oh, quicker. Right. okay it's like, passive aggressive i've just got here mate can I can I like learn where everything is first before yeah. you start telling me I'm doing it wrong? Sure, something that's never left me. It, it keeps I keep thinking about it again and again and again. You know, like those like regret thoughts you have before you go to bed. Yeah, it's all like that. But I like I don't know why it bothers me still. For doing work experience when I was 15 or 16, I worked in the library in Ponte. Okay, right? and one day. I had to go out on the mobile library, the van, mm. right with the guy. And generally, I really enjoyed it because mm. he was asking me about uh, scripts I was writing and stuff, you know, like, yes. oh, you want to be a writer? And, you know, books. I enjoy being in the company of books. Yes. It was a nice day and he was a nice guy. But we, for lunch, we went to this pub and he bought me lunch, right? And it was a sandwich. Um, I think it might have been like a club sandwich sort of thing. And at the time, it had a bunch of ingredients I didn't like. Mm. So I was kind of subtly removing the ingredients mm. and then like trying to be coy about it and then he looked at all the stuff assembled on my plate and he was like oh i find it's um i find it's quicker when you keep it all in the sandwich <laughs> right. right and I, for some reason that has never left me that okay it's such a small thing but like why did he say like was that was he being condescending was it was he trying to have a joke? Because it, it wasn't... He he didn't smile or laugh or anything. He just said, oh, I find it's quicker when you keep it in the sandwich. Right, okay. As if, like, I'm too thick to know that. <laughs> like, I, I thought that it would be more... I mean, more... You, you were, like, in, in the company of, like, a Ponty man. But he he was he worked for the library. No, know? but that's the thing. Yeah. Like, he probably, like, you know, this is a man who has lived... Oh, he's Pont- used to the Ponty he's people. He's used to the Ponty people, yeah. yeah. So he probably thought you were one of them. Maybe. I mean... One of them. One of them. I don't, like, hate him for it. No. But I can't get over it. <laughs> I just, because never quite figured out what it is. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, the fact he's not smiling is what threw me off. Because I assume, yeah. like, oh, he's probably realized. I find it quick. I find it better yeah, when you, yeah, you yeah. realize you didn't like it. But, like, to keep, like, your spirits up, I suppose. Yeah, he was having a, a laugh. Yeah. No, but I... Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know what it was. I don't know whether it was, like, a... Fuck you that you're taking the, the stuff out that I paid for. Yeah. Or whether it was... He genu- genuinely thought... I thought it was more expeditious to individually remove each thing <laughs> and then eat them and that would be quicker. Yeah, anyway. That's um, a salad, isn't it? Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah it's you a salad. take everything out of the sandwich. It's a salad. Uh, so, should we talk about how you left? Because here's the thing. you Your contract mm. was until when? Yeah, I was on a 13-week contract because mm-hmm. they hired me as temporary Christmas staff. And during my interview, they said, do you have any interest in taking on this job full-time. Yeah. The answer was obviously no. Yes. I want to be out of here as quickly as fucking possible. Yeah. But we're still in the midst of a pandemic. Um, work is sparse. So I thought the smart thing here is to say yes. Yeah. Show enthusiasm. And then, like, when things calm down... Because that's the thing as well. Like, over Christmas, I was genuinely working, like, eight days in a row. Yeah. Like, ridiculous... Like, illegal hours, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I thought, like, oh, I'll wait until it calms down after Christmas, and then I can, like, look for a job on the side. Yes. And then one day just be like, aha, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they said, like, we're going to put you on a temporary 13-week contract, at the end of which we will decide whether you're going to be uh, kept on permanently. Mm-hmm. And at the end of my eighth week, um, that's when my manager took me inside and said, we're not going to renew your contract, so yeah. next week you're gone, basically. Mm-hmm. I was like, I thought I was here for 13 weeks. He went, no, up to 13 weeks. All right. I was like, no, no, it says in the letter, 13 weeks. He went, oh, it should say up to 13 weeks. Oh, should it? Yeah. I'm not sure that's uh, binding. Well, there's a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. My final day, uh, it was funny as well, because that specific day he told me, basically fired me, because they did fire me. Yes. Based on the information I had, I was fired. I wasn't just like not renewed. You weren't let go, yeah. Yeah. You were sacked. Um, But he was... He told me that on a day where I was supposed to be off, but I came in to cover because they didn't have enough people. Right. And not only did I come in on that day, I came in four hours later because I was working in the day mm. and I finished the aisle. Because the re- the main reason is like, oh, we're not going to renew your contract because, you know, we want people who are constantly improving. And you seem to have just plateaued. <laughs> yeah. But the problem is I plateaued at... Finishing my work every night? Yeah. I don't really know where you're supposed to go after finishing the job to the standard they are asking you to finish yeah. it to. Um, but yeah, I finished that aisle. Like, even though I turned up four hours late, I finished it two hours early. Right. And this guy had pulled me aside and said, oh, we're getting rid of you because you're no good. I think the thing is, though, right? Like, yeah, that aside, and again, at the risk of sounding wanky, saying we're not temperamentally suited to it, for all the lip service we might pay, like genuine lip service mm. to hard work and graft and like it's not beneath us and that sort of thing. Yeah. We ultimately just don't give a fuck. <laughs> and so like however much we might like steadily improve. Yeah. I don't care. That's the thing. Like you're on <laughs> autopilot within the first 20 minutes right. of that job. Yeah. As I think is fair. Yeah, yeah. And yet the managers are constantly trying to cultivate this atmosphere of like, oh no, you've always got to be working and switched on and like moving as quick as possible. See, the thing is, uh, in the kitchen, mm. in Spoons, I don't know what would be worse for me because it was the opposite of that. It was high pressure. 
you have to be doing something I mean, all can, the time. I can kind of understand that because there's a very strict time limit on. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it made sense. It wasn't like um, artificial or anything. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, you had to be yeah on the ball. Um, but as a result, the kind of the more senior people in the kitchen, mm. they were kind of like testosteronal, uh, like jocks almost, like woo, bro, yeah, come on, like high fiving and stuff, because mm. it was like it was like a sport. There was like an yes. athleticism. Yeah. You had to get it done in time, you know. And when it was incredibly busy, it was like pumping iron almost sort mm. of thing. And I am not at all suited to doing that. No. Plus, I don't care. Yes. <laughs> the most depressing yeah. thing, and this is what I mean, like, I, I, I think most people probably just don't think about this kind of stuff. Mm. The thing that bummed me out, <laughs> and it's obvious, like I knew it going in, after that first shift was, I've contributed nothing to the world at all in the sense of like <laughs> I've got I've got through the night mm. and it's going to be exactly the same thing tomorrow yeah and the day after that and nothing's ever finished yeah you're just keeping it ticking that was sort of the and di- so that is what life is yeah you're just keeping it ticking over mm. but and that's conservatism as well like <laughs> you're just keeping the thing go yeah but I couldn't bear the thought of like because it was coming off the back of script dog as well which was you have a project, you finish the project, you move on to the next thing. Mm. And even though it's that kind of perpetual locomotive, yeah. things end and then begin again. Mm. With spoons and those sorts of jobs, it's just the day. You go home and then do exactly the same yeah, thing. That was I one, can't do that. That was one of the depressing things about it as well, because, yeah, the, the job I was faced with was here is an aisle of frozen food. Here is like five tons of frozen food. Yeah. You have eight hours. Go. Yeah. But the problem is, either because you ran out of time, because it was over Christmas as well, so we, we were getting, like, a lot of food in. Yeah. Um, you either ran out of time or you ran out of space on the shelves. So you typically had, like, I don't know, like half a ton of food left over. Mm-hmm. So the following day, you're not just doing that day's food, you're doing yesterday's food as well. Yeah. And it just builds up. And it's so, like, I don't, yeah. I didn't like it. And it never ends. It never ends. It never yeah, ends. It never yeah. ends. Um, but, yeah, they... So that happened mm-hmm. where he was like, we're getting rid of you four weeks early. And mm-hmm. I said, you're getting rid of me four weeks early. And he's like, no, we're not. <laughs> yeah. That happened. Well, um, I only, only to point out, because like, I think your natural tenure was coming to an end, what, last week or the week before? Yeah. It would have been. Yeah. And obviously you stopped five or six weeks ago. Mm. We just decided, oh, we're going to, we said we'll come back mid-February. Yeah. But, We'll just stick to that. Yes. We decided to take a holiday anyway. Yes. I think it's good that we did, actually. Well, I mean, the the episode that we're doing now, like the yeah. quality of that will tell. That will be the judge. That will yeah. be the judge, yeah. won't it? But yeah, I don't, I, I don't work in a supermarket. If you work in a supermarket, like fair play. Yeah. Genuinely, having now done it. Fair, especially if you're dealing with the fucking cunt managers that I had to deal with. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, I, I, I sort of worked out like towards the end of the job, it's a generational thing, I think, with managers. Right. Because there were younger managers there who were shit at their jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, Like there was a guy, like his one job was you have to do the overtime. Mm. Do the overtime, make sure everybody's overtime is sorted. Because the way it worked is I was on like a 16-hour a week contract. So I only worked two days a week. Mm. The rest of the time was overtime. And obviously because uh, we were doing it over Christmas and because everybody needed to be in, that's how they were getting you to work like seven day weeks, basically. Yeah. Because it's all overtime, which they say you don't have to do the overtime. You have to do the overtime. Sure. And the union guy, because I spoke to him about the union guy on like the final day. I was like, 
is this all above board? And he was like, I don't think it is. Let me speak yeah. to the like the the day manager. She didn't even know that they were doing every because everyone was on a sixteen hour contract. Mm. She didn't know that. Right. She thought they were just on like you know normal contracts. So there's not even like communication between the departments no. or, or even the managers. Yeah. 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 yeah genuinely, like uh, apparently, like the the previous because they didn't even have a union guy for like years. I think that was just like a concession of like, oh, fine, just so you'll shut up. We'll put a union guy in. And then he turned up and was like, "This is not, this is not okay." The way you're running this, I, here. It might it might seem counterintuitive given you know the very the, the you know the aisle nature of a supermarket. Hmm. But you don't imagine that it's compartmentalized in that way. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Things are segmented into like frozen alcohol. Yeah. But in terms of like leadership <laughs> and upper, upper management, mm. you'd think there'd be much more of a cohesive. Yeah. Yeah. But that was another annoying thing as well, because I had essentially five managers. You'd have the same conversation five times a night. Yeah. Uh, how much you got left to do, George? I got this, this, this. Oh, well done. Right. Um, and then like five minutes later, a different guy would come along. How much you got left to do, George? I got this, 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 minus the five minutes since I had the last conversation. Yeah. Why are you so slow? <laughs> and it was, it was the old, it was the guys who have been there since like the 80s. They were all dicks. Yeah. Fucking like, they they would turn up and say like, you know, there's, there was a guy like, he, he, at the beginning of the shift, this was like my 10th day in a row mm. that I was working here. And he was like, when are you going to get a well-deserved break, George? Because mm. it seems like you're always here. Right. I was like, oh, I got a break. I two days left, and then I got a couple of days off. He was like, oh, good, okay. Mm. And then at the end of that shift, obviously ten days in, I was exhausted. Yeah, uh, we had like a leak in the aisle, um, the other aisle that the other guy was working on. So I had to like help him because mm-hmm. yeah, you can't just go get like a mop because mm-hmm. you can't leave it unattended. So I had right. to like stay with the thing while he got the mop. We right, had to right. clean it up, and we had to inform people, and mm-hmm. that took time. Also, we had like. I was doing like the ice cream and we had like five full roll cages of ice cream before the delivery. Right. So we had like a ton of stock that was just building up and building up and building up. So I was not close to finishing and I only had an hour left. Yeah. Justifiably so, I thought. This manager did not agree. Okay. He was like, it's unacceptable. Like the same guy who t- who said like, when are you going to get a break? I said like, oh, I've been here for days, but you know, I... Yeah. He's like, when are you... This is unacceptable. You should be finished by now. I was like, we've got more stock yeah. than I've ever seen before. He's like, no, it's not. It's not a valid excuse. And the, what he did then, he left, and then five minutes later, he came back on his phone, and he did that thing. You know, like the thing people do where they like they they they're not. They clearly want you to hear what they're saying, mm-hmm. but they they don't want to address you. So he just like yeah. stood next to me and just very loudly on his phone. He was like, yeah, we need more people to help on this aisle. This guy's just not very good. Right. He's just not doing the job properly. Right. That that transcends passive aggressive. I mean, yes. that is just aggressive. He's just not looking at you. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, that's not even, oh, you accidentally... There's no veiled language there. It's no. just, I hate this guy. Yeah. But he's not making like. And he was, he was telling me, you're shit. But yeah. he was doing it by saying, like, oh, I'm actually telling other people that you're shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he just, like, stayed at the end of the aisle. Didn't help. Yeah. But he just watched me for the rest of the shift oh, to make sure I was working. Micromanaging. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got a problem with authority. Kind of a parad- paradoxical relationship with it because on the one hand, I really respect it mm. and like institution and all that sort of thing. But I can't stand people who, who are my superiors Yeah, every single time. Yeah. Again, it's not because I think I, I'd be better at the job or anything. It's just I'm supposed to 
defer to you I, I, I don't know there's just something about that's it that's the thing like I was I, I didn't want to I was very conscious going into the jobs like right I'm not gonna like the managers I know I'm not gonna like yeah. the managers because they're my managers but I didn't I didn't want to fall into that cliche yeah of like oh I'm a I'm a menial worker and my manager is a bastard therefore I hate him yeah, but yeah. they were genuinely, genuinely I tried <laughs> to like be like oh well you know he's you know he, like people were saying like oh I could do such and such his job it's like well you're not he's not doing a job that's as physically demanding as us, but he's like, his job carries more responsibility. That's what he's being paid extra for. It's yeah. the responsibility. It's not the work he's putting in. But no, he's just being a cunt. So I was like, I can't really give you the benefit <laughs> of the doubt anymore. I mean, I got on mostly with the people I worked with. Like, mm. it wasn't like we we didn't get on. I just wasn't, I didn't suit being there for mm. one thing. I wasn't a good fit. So like any frustration they might have had was completely justified. Yeah. I mean, to be, they never like aimed that at me. Mm. I never felt like the brunt of the, the closest they came to it was like, when I was working there, my personal life was also, also a wreck. So I was miserable. Yeah. Right. When I was working there. Yeah. yeah. And like with the heat as well, it was just the worst situation. Mm. And yeah, because you, it was the summer as well. It was the summer. Yeah. So it was, and I think it was the complete inverse of me. You were working from heat into heat. Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. In, in a, Kit supernova, you know, in a sun in the kit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and the aircon was broken. Oh, like it was, it was the worst. Yeah. It was the worst, and you just sweat. It was horrible. You just know as well that that aircon's probably been broken for years. Oh yeah, and they're like, oh, we'll, we'll get a guy in next week, and yeah, he just yeah. never shows up. Never happens. Um, yeah. So the most that came to it was like they would say, oh, you know, come on, gotta like, gotta be a bit quicker now, sort yeah. of thing. And every time my response would just be like, oh. <laughs> Just like not not complaining, not like being difficult. Just like I can't do it. Yeah, I just fuck. I can't take. That. I th- I think you know? they rely on that. They rely on the fact that you just don't have the energy. Yeah, to, to fight them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like uh, another. It was this was a different manager in fairness, but he was still one of the older ones there. But there was one specific day. I assume it was like a thing. But this customer approached me, and gave me a bauble. <laughs> yeah okay and she was like there you go there's a bauble i was like okay yeah and attached to the bauble was a label saying this this is a bauble given to you by a customer mm-hmm. it's like it checks out so far um <laughs> this is uh hand this over to such and such uh in order to claim your prize mm. and she said this is because you seem to be working so hard and we give this bauble to people who were really hard working mm-hmm. and you seem to deserve it yes like, oh, thank you very much so i Rather than going immediately to claim my prize, I thought I will wait until my break time. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's that would be the sensible thing to do in yeah. the eyes of a manager. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, he's not doing it on the company's dime. He's doing it during yeah. his break. Fair enough. So I did that, took my bauble, was walking over to where this person was supposedly stationed at. Mm-hmm. And the manager was just like, oh, uh, George, that's not for you. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you mean? He went, oh, this, it's, a, it's a checkout thing. It's not for you. Right. Like, oh, this was... Um, given to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'll just put it back wherever you found it. It's like, no, someone physically handed this to me. And he just snatched it off me <laughs> and just like threw it behind one of the shelving, like in between the shelves. He just threw it. Yeah. So you, it couldn't, <laughs> it's not even like he tucked it away and I could just get it back. It's like he threw it so I couldn't retrieve it. Yeah. It's like, there you go. I sorted it for you. Yeah. I was like, okay. So initially I was like, maybe. <laughs> like, not only do you not deserve this, you're wasting my time. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like I resent the idea that anyone that you could possibly have this. Exactly. Throwing it at us, brilliant. 
so initially I thought like oh, maybe, of that. maybe he was doing me a favour this is like some weird prank like I'm gonna go to this person and I'm gonna get like a bucket of slime thrown over me or something yeah it's like your um oh what's the in-betweeners thing uh spirit level you yeah know, that whole thing yeah, yeah yeah so I thought oh, maybe he's doing me a favour I'm gonna like go to the break room now and I'm gonna google whether this is a thing yeah on like the you know the employee subreddit or whatever yeah and I was there for five minutes and then this guy materialised at the door and was like uh is Jordan from Frozen here yeah. It's like, yeah, you went, we got a prize here for you. <laughs> right. So now I came across as like a dick because I didn't even go to claim. He had to come looking for me. Because <laughs> this customer was like, you're so hardworking. Here's your bauble. Yeah. And they've, they're probably going to find it like behind a shelving unit somewhere. It's like he clearly didn't want it. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't even like, you know, oh, here's a 200 pound voucher. It was like, mm. like a, a t- genuinely, it was, it was a tube of fruit pastels. <laughs> a tube of fruit pastels and a chocolate bunny, which... As is well documented on this podcast, I can't even eat. In fact, yeah, actually, we'll come back to that. Yeah, we'll come back yeah, to yeah. that. Um, so, yeah, that was another experience that I... Yeah. Uh, that, those, like, little experiences like that, I was having those a lot. My favourite on one shift. is the, um, the I am a fickle god thing. Do you want to explain that one? You're going to have to explain that to me. Uh, the, the not warning Oh, yeah. yeah that yeah. was really early as yeah, well. Yeah, it was yeah. the second day or something. Yeah. Like so I, on top of this job, I am also sort of do casual work um, at like a local rugby ground. Yeah. Um, a shout out to James Humphreys. He helped me get the job. <laughs> Newport. Newport. Yeah. yeah. Newport. <laughs> what was that? I'm trying to do Newport. Newport. <laughs> New, you're like a deaf person. Newport. <laughs> Newport. <laughs> Newport. <laughs> you reminded me the other day. Do you remember when we were, um, we were singing songs? As someone uh, who is neuroatypical. Oh. <laughs> Recently discovered that, by the way. The phrase neurotypical. Okay. It, it's the uh, the new film's come out called Music. Yeah. And uh, it's been up for it's been nominated for Golden Globes. I hadn't heard anything about it. Mm. Uh, it's had terrible reviews. Okay. Uh, but but it's a musical, mm. and it was, it's directed by Sia. Oh right. Okay. Uh, and it stars. It's it's about as far as I understand a kid who has. Uh, autism mm. or Asperger's or something but it's the like the worst portrayal of it they're right. walking around just with like open mouth and wide eye like ah you know like <laughs> okay. really bad like misunderstanding fundamental yeah. misunderstanding and in a review Mark Kermode's review right. he said oh one of the main criticisms has been why have they cast someone who's neurotypical to play okay so that's basically like cisgender so that's the new language for it now. neurotypical okay as Norm Macdonald said, a way of marginalising a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just, you didn't need a word for that. No, you, you didn't. You didn't need yeah. a word for it. Um, but yes, when we used to sing songs, like what, Royal Blood mainly. Yeah, it? there yeah. were Royal Blood songs. and Soiled Blood. <laughs> Soiled Blood. That was the name of the band we came up with. <laughs> oh, Nazi eugenic. You yeah. <laughs> it's endless entertainment. Oh, yeah. It really is. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Okay, so that my Newport accent reminded you of that. Um, yes, of that puerile escapade. They're probably all neurotypical over in Newport, though, in fairness. Neurotypical or neuroatypical. Or neuro- neuro- yeah, neuroatypical. Atypical, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're probably all neuroatypical over in Newport. You're calling all Newportonian spazzes, basically. Yes. Okay. <laughs> As I'm sure James Humphreys would if he were here right now. Yeah, whenever you see someone, a girl from Tinder, on Tinder from Newport, um, invariably, they're a chav with a kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. Like Ponty. Yes. Um, it's just the Welsh Valleys as a whole, it yeah, seems to be. pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I also do vision mixing at yeah. uh, a local rugby ground. Um, 
So that's a job that I occasionally do during the day. I get, it's only like once or twice a month. Mm-hmm. So typically, the latest kickoffs I've had at like eight o'clock, mm-hmm. right? Plenty of time for me to do the match and then come back to start my shift at 11. Right. Depressing as it is when those days occurred. Yes. It was something that was physically possible. Mm-hmm. But I started and then they said to me, oh, by the way, we forgot to tell you in your interview and your induction and your first shift, mm. but we forgot to tell you that we're actually bringing your shift forward to five o'clock in the afternoon. Right. Because we have stock taking, basically. Right. So the stores need to be filled by a certain amount of time so people can come and check all of the stock is present and accounted mm-hmm. for. To which I said, okay, that's fine. But I can't do that because I'm working in Newport. Yeah. So I can only I can only come here and start at 11, which I was supposed to in the first place. Mm. So the guy was like, okay. And then like he, he, this, he sort of like reached underneath the table <laughs> and this, this form kind of materialized from underneath the table. Yeah. It's like when they've got like shotguns sellotaped <laughs> to the bottom of the tables. He's got like this form. Well, he had it at the ready, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah he just reached cracked. under the table, pulled out this form. And <laughs> the first thing he said was me, to me was, don't think of this as a disciplinary. <laughs> yeah. Don't think of elephants. Yeah. <laughs> Don't think of this as a disciplinary. I just need to make an official record of this conversation. <laughs> so that if... I have a legal obligation to let you know you're being recorded right yeah, now. Exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. So that if this happens again... Yeah. Um, we know that this has happened before. So, <laughs> you know, we can yeah. take ac- action at that stage. Yeah. I just, like... I was like, oh, I can't do... It was overtime as well. I was like, I can't do yeah. overtime. And they were like, okay, we're going to write down... That you can't do overtime. Yeah. So that's on our record. That's on your permanent record now. So I yeah. was just like, already, like, even though it was only a couple of shifts in, I was at that point where I was like, whatever. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you, you know, you understand that this is, yeah, yeah, sure, I understand whatever yeah, it is, whatever, whatever yeah, bullshit yeah. is you're about to say. I didn't yeah. say that to him. <laughs> yes. That was very much my attitude, yeah. though. So I went and had my, my break. I came back. The guy was standing in the corridor. It's like, oh, George, can I have a word with you? I yeah. Like, oh, what now? <laughs> I've just I've just come back. What now? Yeah. So we went off into a side room. He closed the door. Stopped short of like you know turning off the camera in the corner, <laughs> like they do in the shield. The shield. They, like <laughs> they pull the wire out so no one can see you. Yeah, it's just gonna get real. Yeah, fun. exactly. And he was like, um, I, I I thought that I was being a bit unfair on you, so I ripped it up. Right. So he said, it's not it's not on your record anymore. Never happened. Yeah. Uh, just you know, just don't do it again. I don't know if it's a gif or a meme or whatever, but the the first thing I think is uh, Stork's power move. Yes, that's yeah. the first thing I think. Yeah, that is what that was. I have no doubt about that. It's like your destiny is in my hands. Yeah, I can control your fate. I, it's you know. Also, doesn't that just prove that it was in fact a disciplinary? Yeah, like if it it, was, it, it mattered. Yeah, if it yeah. didn't matter, he would have just left it. But he was like, oh no, this matters. Yeah, yeah. I will show him. That I can like, I can erase things that matter. Yeah, yeah. If you please me. <laughs> yeah. Plus, like, as far as permanent records go, I'm sure not quite a disciplinary is going to be read in the same way as a disciplinary by oh, whoever yeah. it matters to. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Okay. Yeah. So not a pleasant experience. Not a pleasant overall. experience. I got to like my final shift, um, and I was supposed to have an exit interview where I filled out like a questionnaire. Yeah. Um, which I was told, like he said, you're going to fill out a questionnaire, and immediately it was like, you've got to be truthful though, right? 
Because if you're not truthful, then nobody learns from it. If you're just like, <laughs> if you're just like negative, then nobody learns from it. So you've got to be truthful. All oh, right. Okay. Again, the implication being like, if you say anything negative, you're clearly lying. Yeah. So don't. So he brought me into like uh, the room where he was going to, we were going to fill out this questionnaire, got out this file, was flicking through this file, kept flicking, kept flicking, kept flicking, mm. went through the whole file. He was like, oh, we don't have any questionnaire forms. And the system's <laughs> down at the moment, so I can't print any off. Right. We'll just have to have a conversation. Oh, I see. So like, okay. So we had a conversation. Yeah. I say that. He spoke at me and I was like, yeah, I just want to leave now. <laughs> um, and then, because, okay, this, I'm pretty sure this is not okay, right? I never received, in the two months that I worked there, I never received my employee number. No, oh, yeah, that's not okay. Which basically meant that I was unable to check my payslips. Because mm-hmm. you need your employee number to access your payslips. Mm-hmm. And they underpaid me multiple times as well. Yeah. So I couldn't come to them. I couldn't fill out any of the forms that said that I'd been underpaid because I didn't have the necessary information to put in the form. Yeah. I managed to get that money back in the end because well, I, ba- I badgered them about it constantly. I think it feeds into why the managers are cunts, generally. Like the older managers are cunts. Mm. It's because when you're dealing with a conveyor belt of, as they see it, disposable cattle. Yes. Then, Which he specifically told me I wasn't because he right. said it didn't make financial sense for the company to just hire someone to get rid of them. Right. And then less than three weeks later, I was gone. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, like, if if you're used to that kind of business practice, you become a bit of a sociopath. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so I didn't have my employee number. So I said to him, I never received my employee number. I, I, I would like my employee number before I go, please. Yeah. He was like, oh, yeah, I'll give that to you now. Weeks of me going, like, I don't have this, I don't have this, I don't have this. And going, oh, there's nothing we can do about it. And this guy is now just like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. So we walk into the filing room, goes into the filing cabinet, starts flicking through the files, kept mm. flicking, kept flicking, kept flicking. There was no file on me. <laughs> they just didn't, it wasn't there. Yeah, you're what a non-person. Worse, what was worse as well is my sister also works, she still has her job. Mm. She works in a different department. Mm. Night and day, they actually treat her with like respect, respect. and shit. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, she's uh, she was in that filing cabinet, and we have the exact same last name. Yeah, so there's no reason he shouldn't have been able to find my file. The only reason it should have been out of that drawer was for him to have during my interview. Yeah, and he didn't have it. Right, which has just led me to believe that there was never any official documentation. Yeah, on me when I was working there. You're off the fucking grid. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Maybe that's better, that it never happened, It really. never, yeah. It, it officially happen. never happened. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the, nothing learned. Because the funniest thing to me was, before you started there, I was like, oh, God, he's doing that job. Mm. Like, sort of again. Because you worked in this place. Yes. Uh, before. Uh, I, I'm, I'm worried that I might have said it once or yeah, twice Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know, because I'm not paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> they know. Okay. They know. All right. Uh, yeah, and... So there was that kind of, oh, he's, he's going back to that. And we have a script that has kind of been bubbling for probably close to 10 years at this point. Well, it, it came from me working in that place originally, because that place yeah. was the, 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 that was where my first job was. In sixth form? Just after. Just, as just after. So, so basically when we were 18. Yeah. Yeah. So almost 10 years, yeah. this idea. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We and we've we've kind of we're, we've returned to it recently. But, yeah, uh, yeah, the, uh, an idea about uh, the graveyard shift at a supermarket. Yeah, you know, that's always kind of appealed to us. And so when you're going back, you're like, well, at least 
it'll generate some interesting anecdotes. I'll, yes, I'll be in the stories. field. I will have like I will be there where the where, yeah. the, where the material is generated. But there was nothing. No, nothing, and you didn't learn anything. I didn't learn anything. Was, I didn't make any friends. I no, there was no. Did you lose weight? No. Oh God. I didn't even lose weight. <laughs> How didn't you lose weight? I don't know. I was doing nothing. Yeah. But lifting shit for <laughs> nine hours a day, sometimes seven days a week for yeah. two months, and I lost no weight. It's just a bad trip, though. Like, nothing. Like, no. zero. There's no silver lining. Yeah. Those two months may genuinely have just never happened. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the thing. I lost my Christmas. I, yeah, yeah. I, this was all originally supposed to be, like, how was your Christmas, right? That was yeah, we'll come pre- back to that. Yeah. Um, like you obviously you'll tell me how your Christmas was yeah but like my Christmas just didn't happen right I was working the eight days prior to Christmas mm-hmm. and then I had Christmas day off and then I was back in for like three days yeah so I, I slept through most of Christmas day <laughs> I just didn't have yeah. a Christmas they robbed me of a Christmas basically <laughs> they took everything from me they took everything from me I mean, my Christmas wasn't particularly eventful. No, and I I asked that because um, we're sort of in our mid twenties now, so yeah, well, I think we're we're uh, at that age where Christmas isn't really anything at the moment. You just do, there are certain things you do, yeah, and that's kind of it. We're past childhood where Christmas was exciting, and yeah. we're before the age we have children where Christmas becomes Vicarious. exciting. Yeah, vicariously, yeah. you, yeah, yes, it's just it just happens now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the only kind of change for me is, like, I think I told you this, I found I was able to do it all with more conviction. Right. Okay. So basically, my Christmas is for dinner, I go over my father's house. I, do, I, pro, I must have at some point mentioned his living situation mm. on the podcast at some point. But um, he lives with a guy who, name names, his name is Chris. Right. And uh, it's a very weird, ambiguous dynamic Mm. anyway that's a whole different story uh so it's those two and chris's mother okay uh the four of us have dinner Mm. and it's very difficult to have a conversation with chris or his mother about anything okay there's a zero shared interest or we're not on the same level with anything right right? you can maybe talk about the weather okay and that's you're kind of exhausted with i see and you know, my manner generally is with people that I'm not totally comfortable with. It's mostly silence and all right, you know? right, yeah. But this year, I went in and she was sitting down and her name was Diane. Okay, and I was like, "Merry Christmas, Diane." And I wasn't putting it on. Okay, this is the thing. It wasn't genuine, mm. but it wasn't an act. Okay, and I think that's what adulthood is. It's like you're doing the thing you should be doing. And it doesn't feel uncomfortable, even if it's insincere. Mm. And that was that was the tomba of my Christmas. Yeah, making conversation at the table about boring things when normally I just wouldn't have bothered. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, so that kind of felt nice. At one point, um, it was it was like the biggest dinner that he'd ever made, and I was just Ugh, it was terrible. I yes. felt bloated and sick, and <laughs> I stood up. I'm like, there's a mirror. Uh, where, the, where the table is and I went to look at myself in the mirror my father went don't look <laughs> it was like it was like monkey's paw yeah it was like you don't want to look yeah you do. <laughs> so it's like okay I won't <laughs> uh, but that was bleak um, I worked in my father's shop a little bit leading up to Christmas mm. so when I was like 15, 16, 17 I used to go up there he's a butcher and uh, every year you know 
hundreds of Christmas orders and they used to not bother going through the formality of organising it in any way. Right. So it used to be literally, you know, you write Mr. Jenkins on the chicken, you throw mm. it in a box, and then when Mr. Jenkins comes maybe to collect it... Maybe he'll get his it, chicken, maybe he won't. Right. Yeah. When he comes to collect it, you, it takes hours. You've mm. got to search through all the boxes. And so <laughs> I revolutionised the system when by, I was about by 17. By organising it. Pretty much. <laughs> by, so, right, when you invite me up on the day that you're organising them into boxes, mm. and literally it's like, right... All the surnames A to G, yeah. box one, A to G, box two. Right. Writing it down in like a ledger. Yeah. And I write, what's the surname? Boom, box. That's it. Mm. Simple as that. Filing. Uh, and I, you know, invented myself out of a job then because yes. I was never needed after that. They just did that every year. But because of his business has kind of surged because of COVID mm. inexplicably. Um, no, I can kind of understand that because my, my sister yeah. works in the, um, the dot-com department at yeah. StoreX. Yeah. Um, which they basically do the online orders. And yeah. it's not... When I did it, because that was my first job, mm-hmm. I remember one day distinctly where I worked... I got in four o'clock in the morning, my shift started, and we finished what half past one in the afternoon. Right. And then I think after that, I came to visit you in Ponty. Yes. And I was exhausted. Yeah. I was like, that's insane, that amount of work <laughs> that I've had to do today. Yeah. That's like every day for her. Right. She's, she's in at six and she finishes at like one. Mm-hmm. Because there's like seven or eight hundred trolleys worth of orders that they have to get through every single day. Yeah. That's just normal to them. Yeah, yeah. So I can I can sort of see why... Like, I've considered asking you to ask him to just, like, can I have some meat? Please? Why don't you? I mean, might as well. No, I know. But but that's my point, is, like, yeah. you know, during the pandemic, it's like, oh, I'll just, like, yeah, I'll just get my food from... Thing, yeah. You know? Yes. So, uh, a lot busier. And so I was needed again. Mm. Uh, just for kind of pure backup basically mm. and it was interesting doing it again I guess the last time I did it I must have been 17 okay so it was almost 10 years mm. and I did not fit in <laughs> there really at all with because like I was finding a lot of things funny okay that were completely I was gonna say was this a size comments like oh I'm so much bigger than I was when I was 17 right, I couldn't no. fit in the freezer or no no it wasn't no okay. I wasn't doing that you just don't it's like other people which is not my people no, like, I, I got, you know, I've known the people who work with my father. He was working with them before I was born. I've known, you know, mm. I'm very comfortable around uh, his, his colleagues. Yeah. Uh, but no, like, I was finding things funny. They were just like, what? What are you talking about? Right. And just, like, being a bit weird that I guess it's in the heart of the Ronda. Mm. All of their customers are doddering old, oh, hello, Ken. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just very normal people. Yes. <laughs> um, my family excluded. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so I was just like being a little bit weird and it was to them incredibly surreal. So at one point, so the shop, it's kind of one long stretch with a counter. Mm. And then to get to the counter, you've got to kind of go around uh, like the back and then come out to the counter. So if you want to move half a meter to the left over the counter, you've got to walk Quite a long way. Okay. Right? All right. So I said to my father, in the whole time, you've worked here for over 30 years, have you ever kind of leapt or climbed over the counter in that time? Yeah. For whatever reason, there was an obstacle up there or just for a laugh. Mm. Have you ever done it? He went, no. <laughs> and the fact I asked that question was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> they couldn't believe it that I was asking that question. It's like, oh, it's just, I've come, you know, I've been here since my birth. I've been here loads of times. Yeah. And- 
it's always occurred to me that I would love to just leap over the counter mm. instead of having to fucking the, the rigmarole of walking around. Yeah, yeah. And you've never thought of that. <laughs> you you spend your life, every day of your life pretty much here yeah. for 30 years and that's never occurred to you. It's like, no. Like, <laughs> right, okay. Or just put like another entryway closer to the, so you don't have to walk around. Yeah, it. like a little, yeah, yeah. A shortcut. It's his shop. He doesn't have to like yeah, he doesn't have to do answer this. to anyone. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, so there was that and then there was a customer called... Ray England oh, okay uh, who had a box to themselves Ooh. filled with chickens and turkeys and uh, does, does this Ray need an intervention or is he buying for lots of people well I think buying for lots of people okay I think it's a she actually R R A E. oh interesting uh, okay but a colleague my father's come up to me and said oh they, they've got a lot haven't they and I said well yeah they're eating for England stony silence <laughs> I was like oh that a uh, titter but yeah. again, every time I made an attempt at humor, it was just like, what, what are you doing? Who <laughs> do you think he is? And then a, w- a woman came. Th- this was inappropriate, to be fair. I was hanging around by the counter, and a woman came in. My father said, oh, what can I do for you? My father's a very convivial, like, all right, lovely, what can I do for you? He's that kind of guy. Mm. And an old biddy came in. <laughs> Gwen, we'll call her. Okay. And he's like, what can I do for you, Gwen? She went, oh, I want stuff in, Ken. And I burst out laughing. <laughs> Right? Because that is hilarious. Yeah, of course, yeah. I saw stuff in Ken. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's looked at me again. Please tell me it was just that single ha of acknowledgement. I, I didn't point. Okay. But I, I, did, I do think I went ha like that. <laughs> right. And my father just looked at me, just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, just utter despair. Like, yeah, just oh, like, my, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, there's a guy, I hope nobody listen, that works there listens to this. <laughs> right. But uh, there's a woman that works there. That it is just an ordinary woman. Okay. She's not attractive at all. Okay. She's somewhere between bland and relatively unattractive, I would say. Okay. She's now... They exist? Nothing Yeah. Like she's a normal human being. Yeah, yeah. And she's now in her fifth, late, late 50s, maybe. Okay. So last time I was there, I would have been like, yeah, she would have been early 50s, late 40s. And I remembered, going back to this time, it being a time when my hormones were so inflamed right remember when you're a certain age and you just wanted to wank all the time yes having to steal myself away to go to the bathroom of my father's shop I see and okay. have a wank I see <laughs> and like she was the material okay uh, and just seeing her now and she doesn't look much different I'm just mm. thinking god like trying to remember what it felt like <laughs> being that age yeah and just like anything will do mm. Do you know what I mean? And it was like, oh my God. I, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I genuinely couldn't believe it. <laughs> but like, I feel the compulsion to walk up. It's like, I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, I didn't I had to wank it. over you. I didn't like, what? Go and do the funniest thing. <laughs> but yeah, so that was my Christmas. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, it sounds more interesting than mine. Marginally. 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 Yeah. Um, I just remembered as well, because I was like, when you were talking about... Um, it didn't feel like you had to force the, yeah. like the you know, your participation in the festivities. Mm. I was going to say, because it wasn't like, it didn't snow or anything. It wasn't like, it, it was a more Christmassy Christmas. No. It was just a normal Christmas day. Yeah. But my final day working at Store X, uh, it snowed yes. outside. The, on my penultimate night, mm-hmm. it snowed. And so the old managers buggered off immediately. Right. And left like the the only good manager there to basically have to look after everybody in the store and also take phone calls from people who were saying, we're snowed in, we can't come and work. Right. So 
all of this, and obviously, you know, that particular store services quite a sizable area because it's a massive store and there aren't many in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of the signs were there for there to be nobody in on my final night and for the store to be completely empty, right. devoid of all stock. Yeah. And that's all I wanted. I wanted <laughs> my last Christmas night miracle. to just be utter chaos. Right. And just to have the managers like on their knees going, Jordan, please. Yeah. You literally live a five minute walk from the store. We need you to stay. Yeah. And I could just be like, you made your choice. <laughs> yeah. So I, I If you like that you should put a ring on it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I walked home, snow snow falling. Mm-hmm. Um no, I drove home. I was brave that night. Oh, okay. I, I drove right. home in the snow. Uh, and I got into bed and it was snowing outside. I was like, I can't wait. I can't wait for tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, tomorrow. No, it was because yeah, like, it was that night. Yeah. Because I got home in the morning and I was in work in the night. So right, right, right. Okay. I can't wait for tonight. Yes. Went to sleep. Woke up. It all fucking melted. <laughs> Everyone was in work. Yeah. And the shelves were fine. I think a lot of people just didn't go because they thought it was going to be worse. So yeah. most of the work I'd done yesterday still stood. Yeah, the the day that we got the heaviest snow, where it stuck for a while. Yeah. And we, well, there was it was the morning, and it was deep. Yes. Yeah. Um, I you, missed it. I completely missed it, like you, because yeah. uh, I was writing at the time. Right. And sort of, the, I found the, the I was being weirdly productive mm. from like midnight to five o'clock. Mm. I was. Yeah, properly, you don't, when you when you get hit those spurts, you don't want to. Yeah, end you them. don't disrupt the flow. No. And so I entered like a weird uh, sleep pattern. Like, I'm sticking to this. It's working. Yeah. So I totally missed it. I, w- I woke up, like, afternoon. Yeah. And my mother showed me pictures like, that happened. Yeah. Didn't yeah, even exactly. know it was snowing. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of depressing. Um, but if it works, you know, if it ain't broke, don't yeah. fix it. Yeah. Uh, and so in terms of viewing, at the end of the year, uh, I'd seen 167 films. I see. Uh, and a hundred over 100 seasons of television. Okay. I've seen, like, 30 yeah 30 films and no television <laughs> no i saw four televisions this year what were the tel- last year last year yeah what were the televisions that you um, saw i think most of them featured in my top 10 of the year list yeah which as we sort of predicted at the time is already irrelevant because i've consumed yeah. more material since then that i would put in the list yeah yeah um so sorry about that <laughs> if you were catching up because it, it's literally the last episode we did that they would have heard that yeah um so if you were like listening to the, our previous episodes to catch up, sorry to, but it's irrelevant now. Yeah, um, yeah. The four were Fargo season four. Yeah, which I didn't put in the list because I found uh, we we recorded a we review. We recorded. Yeah, we recorded a review. A quite protracted review. Yeah, as well. it went on for ages. It was like a forty-minute review. Yeah. a pretty like uh, meaty review as well. I feel like we talked about. Yeah, a Yeah, we went into the detail. Yeah. yeah, and the audio just completely fucked up. Yeah. Uh, so totally it was unusable. Gone. Yeah. Um, I guess, like, in brief, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Because Fargo is good. Yes. That's like the natural state of Fargo. But it was not Fargo on a bad day is still better than most shows. But it was Fargo on a bad. It day. It was Fargo on a bad yeah. day. Yeah. I, I specifically remember saying to you, um, it's kind of bizarre that like it was only a nine episodes. Was it nine episode or eleven episodes? Eleven. It was an 11 episode uh, series mm. and yet there was enough material in that one season to fill an entire TV show. Yeah. Like a five, like a Boardwalk Empire style five season epic. Yes. So many characters, so many like threads were yeah. at play at any one time. And the problem 
when you when you contain that to well a, a self-contained season of television mm. isn't nothing amounts to much of anything ultimately no. you no. know things just happened and then people started dying like yeah the, and you didn't feel it, much of it, it the best all. episode from my memory yeah um, you'll have to confirm or deny yeah no it is it's the black and white yeah. episode the wizard of Wars Wars episode, homage, yeah because it focuses on a character yeah. Like, it's just like, right, you know the 18 plots that are happening right now? We're going to resolve one of them. Yeah. We're going to just... The whole episode is just them, us resolving this one plot. Yeah. And there's going to be visual metaphors. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be, like, weird Cohen-esque diversions. It's going to be Fargo. And it's going to be Fargo. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean... <sighs> that's the thing. Everything in the season was resolved. There were no dangling threads. But the the way everything was resolved was all the people get killed. Yeah. Pretty you know, much. And these there, people get killed. These people get killed. There were like instances where it kind of, it 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 would have worked in isolation, but because it was um, cocooned and like all of these other character deaths and everything, it yeah. just didn't mean anything. The what was it, the name of the the like the Italian the bull like the proper yeah Italian. I can't remember his name now, but yeah like the crazy older brother sort yeah, of thing. yeah who's clearly who was clearly from half the season being set up as the main villain yeah like he was going to take over the family. And, you know, they were going to have to try and take him down yeah. because he was going to, like, do bad things. And, and then he just ends up, like, I think he gets kidnapped by... This is going to be nothing to you if you haven't seen Fargo Series 4. No, no. Because we could do a plot synopsis of Fargo Season 4, <laughs> but I think that was the first 20 minutes of our review, right? I, I think even a synopsis would be a novel. Yeah. Yeah. Where we were just like, okay, so there's these characters which are doing this. And also, by the way, these characters are doing this. And it's not re- uh, like relevant at all Yeah. until like this one scene I mean, in like, episode four. And then it isn't again. The blurb would be longer than War and Peace. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he sort of ends up becoming like a, like a good character. He mm-hmm. pledges his allegiance to his brother, who he's been in conflict with for the whole show. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is, like I said, set up as a pretty significant character. Mm-hmm. His death is basically he... Like, uh, takes out a guy. He mm-hmm. performs a hit on a guy. And then as he's walking back to his car, he trips over and shoots himself in the head. Yeah. It's completely, like, apropos of nothing. Yeah. No pomp and circumstance. Yes. In isolation, that's kind of an interesting way to kill off a character. It's a Cohen thing to do. Yeah. Like, it, it, this idea of the universe has a, a karmic, cosmic Yes. Yeah, he's just thing. killed a character that I think we were supposed to like. Yeah, like, yeah. An anti-hero, but a redeemed one. Like yeah. The guy we liked. Um, yes. And so that's like his comeuppance. Yeah. And usually that sort of stuff in Fargo is, is what makes Fargo great. Yes. Like, Fargo's brilliantly written and it's so difficult to juggle absurdity mm. and the inexplicable, and which it's always done brilliantly. Yeah. Like, you just accept... When things happen... Well, for lack of a better word, Deus Ex Machina style. Yeah, you accept it because that's the universe of Fargo. But when it was happening in the fourth season, it felt glib almost. And, yeah, and arbitrary. Well, it felt like what was probably the case behind the scenes, which is we don't have enough time. We have to end these threads now. Just end it. I yeah. mean, like all the Jesse Buckley killed. Just that's it. Yeah, she's again like yeah. like she was like uh, Angel of Death, right? She's a nurse killing her yeah. patients and the daughter of like the main family i think yes she finds out about it and she informs like the police but yeah. then like that gets intercepted and this 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 whole saga mm. playing out within an even bigger saga yeah and yeah she's just like oh you're dead yeah that's it that's it and like 
uh, at the end of obviously this is a spoiler <laughs> this is a spoiler review um, but it's spoiler for like a 16th of the season I know yeah well okay this is a big spoiler if you're gonna watch it okay the very final thing that happens is Chris Rock is killed yes uh, revenge from like you know uh, an ancillary character mm. um, who you kind of forget about like oh yeah them but yeah. That, they've, they've even done that in Fargo before like in the third season Ewan McGregor you think he's kind of got away with it all mm. and then he's killed by the death hitman who's sort of fulfilling Mary Elizabeth Winstead's yes. thing. Yeah, yeah. They've done that, you know? And I get it, this whole thing, you forget about characters and it comes back. And mm. But yeah, there was just something, I don't know. It, it started off great. It did. I really liked it and it had a lot going for it. But yeah, they just couldn't resolve. And like that was the early criticism of the show from a lot of people was this is too big. Yeah. But for those first couple of episodes, it felt like Fargo was going to pull it off. Yes. Yeah. So I was initially dismissive of it. It was like, oh, no, you just being, you just don't, you know. Yeah, you don't get it, Put up with it. Yeah. Like, you'll see it play out. Oh, no, it's not playing out at all. Yeah. And, you know, I have confidence in Noah Hawley. You know, it was like, yeah, he's going to, it's going to work. Yeah. Also, didn't. the final episode is like half the length of the rest of the episodes. Which is really annoying because 11 is a very unsatisfying number for yeah, a season. Yeah, and it's a half hour episode. Yeah. Uh, in a season of hour long episodes. Half hour of people just getting taken out and killed yeah like yeah that's it like oh we gotta brush up there's a bit of debris left it amounts to about half an hour yeah let's just brush it away yeah it didn't happen right like it wasn't bad like our tone now is that it was terrible it wasn't terrible no 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 it just wasn't Fargo no it wasn't um and especially after three seasons of great television masterpiece television yeah yeah it was a letdown yeah definitely but then again, if this is your first exposure to Fargo, the TV show, like, yeah, it might be a bit disorientating, the amount you have to keep up with, but also it's not a bad place to start. No. It's no, not like true. this is going to completely taint your view of Fargo. No. Because there's still, the good stuff is still in here somewhere, you know? Yeah. The only annoying thing about it is that it just kind of, it breaks the pattern of greatness. Yeah. Like when you think back on it, there's always going to be that. Especially if this is the only one as well. Yeah, exactly. If, if like it goes for another four seasons and all of those four seasons are great. Because the thing is as well, with a show like... So we've just started watching The Americans. We have. And the fifth season, it, it doesn't dip in quality, but it, it it's just slightly, frankly, a bit more boring than the one that preceded it and the one that follows. Oh, right? cheers. No, that's the thing. It, it's, it's, <laughs> still, that for me. it's still great. Okay. It's just like, if, if there's a dip, it's season five, right? Right. But it's the penultimate season. But with serialized television, you can justify it. Mm. It was needed. You needed that dip before okay. the... You know, with an anthology show like this, yeah. there's no reconciling that. No. It's not like the next season is going to pay it off. Mm. That's that now. It's done. Yeah. So that's disappointing. It is disappointing. Um, um, but it's not bad it's not bad no no so what other televisions did you watch yes there was fargo series yeah. four there was the haunting of Bly manor which did make it into my top 10 yeah and i think would still be there just mm-hmm. a little bit lower down um dracula sure <laughs> yeah. bbc's dracula from the, the beginning series, of the year yeah. um written by stephen moffat i think it's the first stephen moffat thing i've seen him do since he left doctor who okay i don't know if it is the first thing he's done or he's done other stuff in the meantime. I don't, was Sherlock any of that stuff after Doctor Who? No, I think Sherlock ended around either around the same time or just before he left Doctor Who. Okay. Um, 
So yeah, this might indeed be the first thing he's done since Doctor Who. Right. And yeah, Dracula for me was just kind of Stephen Moffat in a microcosm. Yeah. Like it started out like it was interesting. Mm-hmm. There were some really good ideas. Then you've got the second episode because it's only a three episode mm-hmm. season. It does the Sherlock thing where it's like an hour and a half yeah. episode for three episodes. Yeah. So basically three films. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, first episode was really interesting and set everything up pretty well. It's like, oh, okay, this like I'd like to see where this goes. Second episode is mostly boring. Yeah. But then, like, the, the last third, there's, like, a twist, which makes it interesting again. Yeah. So your attention is grabbed, and then there's, like, a big twist ending. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I really want to know where they go now. And then the third episode is just rubbish. Yeah, it, it's it's good, pretty good shit. Yeah. That's the way it goes, yeah. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, he's not great with the payoffs. No, he's really no. not. Yeah. He's really, really not. But it's sort of... It's not encouraging to see that he hasn't learnt anything. That's not the message that I wanted to okay. convey. But there's almost uh, something comfortable about it. It's yeah, like, Oh, okay. Stephen Moffat, it's still the same Stephen That's Moffat. That's who you can expect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, like, Doctor Who wasn't, like, a weird, you know, he didn't do it out of malice. or <laughs> It's just the way he is. He's just the way he, he is. He can't help himself. Yeah, exactly. He yeah. tried with Doctor Who, you know? And he tried with Dracula. He just can't finish. I mean, that's... It is hard, right? To stick the landing. Like, that's generally a difficult thing to do as a writer. Yeah. I mean, most people have their first act and their third act sorted out. Yes. And the second act is the bitch. Well, especially since with Dracula, because the twist, spoilers if you uh, think of watching Dracula, the twist at the end of the second episode is the first couple of episodes are about Dracula and they take place at the time in which the original Dracula yeah, yeah. novel uh, stories took yeah, place. Yeah, 1800s, that sort of thing. And then the twist is at the end of the second episode he arrives in modern day. Yeah. So all of a sudden it's now Dracula in the modern day, mm-hmm. which is a great twist. A great twist, yeah. So much potential, mm-hmm. but that's kind of the problem. Yeah. It doesn't suggest anything. Yeah. Like Dracula in the modern day is your setup for your TV show, not the setup for your finale, you know? Yeah, it's also a little bit university student idea to a, me. Well, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, so when I was in uni, we studied... Frankenstein, I think. Uh, we we read the book and then we saw a play. Yeah. Um, I don't think we ever had to write an annotation. But we were we were encouraged to think about that sort of thing. Mm. And that is very university. So like, I, I think I mentioned it before. We had to do a version of Macbeth. Yes. So, like, oh, so we had to dramaturg Macbeth. Yeah, yeah. So we just... It, it was it happened to be that the Scottish referendum was occurring around this time. Yeah. So like, oh, we'll make it about that. You know, se- secession mm. and that sort of thing. But that's a very kind of surface... Okay, what does that mean? Yeah. What does that actually mean? Other than you're just going to get the actors to wear suits and have a Scottish flag in the background. Yeah. Like it's Parliament or something. It's, it's exactly the same with um, Jesus Christ Superstar. I think one of the more recent stage shows they did, mm. um, they set it during the London riots. Right. And all of that meant was... There was one song where they did like a... Rather than setting it in the temple, they set it in a nightclub. Mm. So the song was kind of remixed to be more clubby yeah and they wore like hoodies and that's the thing like that the, was basically the, it the text is the text yeah like Romeo and Ju- Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet like it's Romeo and Juliet but they've just set it in Verona Beach I think it is right yeah. in the film yeah and they carry guns instead of swords yeah like which like they pull out a gun and it zooms in on the gun and it says dagger y- yeah I forgot about that yeah. the last thing is I get what you're doing you're updating it but but 
it just becomes silly then. Because mm. obviously, no, he doesn't have the goal to change Shakespeare's text. So, <laughs> Who would? Exactly. So they are saying dagger, like, withdraw your dagger. And they're pulling out glocks. Yeah. And like, okay. Yes. You know, it just comes across as, I, th- I think, it, you know, if you're sophisticated, the idea is that you look beyond that. Like, no, it's well, dumb. You, I'm sorry. If they're pulling out guns. If you look beyond it, why do it? Yeah, exactly. If it's something, yeah. if, if it's a gimmick that you have to ignore, what's the point in implementing right, it in yeah. the first place? But that's just common sense. Like, it's stupid. Yeah. They're saying dagger and they've got a gun. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. Yes, exactly. Um, yes, but like, so Dracula in the modern age sort of kind of fits. Ooh, that would be mm. something. I agree with you that like, there are, are things to be done there. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's not a finale. No, because you basically have to set up and pay off a, a whole new show in yeah. one episode. Yeah, which they kind of do. Yeah, I mean, um, what we do in the shadows is sort of that idea, kind of. Yeah, not, it's not the. I don't think you'd find it in the premise, but yeah, it's like they live in Staten Island and they're dealing with modern New York and hipsters yeah. and all that sort of thing. Um, well, the film, it's uh, basically just like all the vampire tropes, isn't it? But sort of yeah. like... Um, <laughs> say the thing that I'm mimicking. Rainbow, you I mimicking. don't know. I'm sort of like, imagine that I have a piece of fabric and I'm okay. sort of like um, pulling it over the show. Right, say the sentence again. I don't know what the original sentence was. <laughs> okay. But like okay so I have like what we do in the shadows is like on the table right, right. and I have a piece of fabric but I'm not yeah. draping the fabric over it I'm sort okay. of like pulling it like rubber so it's kind of like uh, airtight to what we do in the shadows right okay so it's not draping it's encasing I guess okay enveloping yeah I don't right. know okay. <laughs> it's sort of like modern vampire tropes encasing like right it doesn't even it's not even a good observation ignore that <laughs> That's got to stay in there. <laughs> Please leave that in. Because that was so bizarre. Um, yeah, it's like like they can't go into nightclubs because they have to be invited in. And the bouncers are like, fuck off, mate. You're yeah, yeah. already drunk. It's like, that's the film. It's yeah. sort of those vampire tropes. Yes. And also it's the, the modernity of just modern living, isn't it? Yes. You know, you haven't washed the dishes in 3,000 years. Right. That's but the, what we do in the shadows. Bathos, the yeah. sacred and the profane. Yeah. yeah. It's vampires, but they're arguing about the rent and stuff like yes. that. Yeah. yeah, and they're having to deal with just, like, guys on the street yeah. rather than, you know, vampire hunters and all, yes. that, all that shit. Um, yes, so it was those three, Dracula, Fargo, Haunting of Bly Manor, and Homeland Season 8. Yes. Which I watched, you made me watch mm-hmm. um, Season 4, 5, and 8. Yep. In a very short period of time. Yeah. Um, because you were determined that I had to see season eight of, of, of Homeland. <laughs> yes. And four and five, because four and five yep. are also good ones. Yeah, it's good. It is good. It's very good. Yeah, I, I don't remember specifically what it is you said during your segment mm-hmm. on Homeland season eight. All I can say is that I saw series one, two, and three of Homeland when they were airing. Yeah. And I didn't finish season three because I just, I, I'd just i fallen out of love with the show. Yes. And I watched four, five, and eight, basically over the course of like two weeks. Yeah. And when season eight was over, I missed Homeland. Right. Okay. So that's take that for what you will. Yeah, I think it's such a shame that um, it had that trajectory when people, like, understandably stopped watching it. Mm. But then you get four, and four is amazing. Yeah, it's really, really. Like, good. I, would you agree that four is probably the best season? 
Ooh, that's a tricky one. Uh, between four and eight for you? Well, I see four and eight. Five is the is the sort of standout for me in okay. the sense that not necessarily it's the best, yeah. but it is completely within a vacuum. Right. Okay. I'm sure it does have implications on the seasons that follow. E- yeah, like uh, well, Quinn's condition and things like that. But yeah, other than yeah. that, I know what you mean. It's like, but for- even its location is distinct. And it feels different. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, and like a lot of the, the main players are introduced and resolved within season five. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas season four, as you said in your assessment mm-hmm. of it, I think you said that um, season eight is sort of a spiritual sequel, if not a straight up sequel to yeah. season four. So it's kind of hard to view them in isolation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, four is very, very good because, yeah, they lose. They lose for entire season. Constantly. Yeah. Which never, like, really occurred to me until the latest watch. Like, oh, yeah, man, they are just... The whole thing is just a parable about failed American foreign policy. Yes. Yeah, you know. Like, even in season five, they they still win at the end, but not season four. No. Yeah, no, it's loss, 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 loss. Yeah. Profound loss. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it's still weirdly cathartic. Oh, it is, yeah. There's a catharsis, even though our, our main characters never win. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, you still come out of season four feeling satisfied. It's weird. I don't know why. It is weird. Yeah, it's it's like the, the catharsis of reality, isn't it? If it, it has a verisimilitude about it, because yeah, like, yeah, this is how these things. Yeah, because you're not in a position where you want to be like, oh yeah, Sol and Carrie need to be taught a lesson. It's like no, we're with them. From yeah, the yeah, word go. But it's sort of like, I don't know. Yeah, like I imagine like if you're a teenager or if you're like a like a edgy like writer or mm. whatever you you would probably look at that and go oh yeah they're getting a dose of reality yeah it's good that they're getting a lesson so, yeah but just like as a normal like watcher mm. i don't know there is something satisfying about oh it didn't work out well that's it's, interesting like i i, I yeah. sort of like that it's a veracity boner yeah it's yeah it's it feels artistically satisfying it's like mm. yeah they're doing something different but and it feels right as well yeah um yeah, but I'm glad you liked it because yeah, it took a bit of convincing. Mm. Remember saying, "Oh, we should watch Homeland." Like, oh, like must we sort it's, of thing? It's just such a bad taste. Season three left. Yeah, in, yeah. in the mouths of many people, I think. But like, yeah, and season four sort of is a reboot, isn't it? Yeah, you could just begin with that, really. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want you to miss the first two, but still, like, no four. But like, even the moments where it does call back to previous seasons, I think even those. Like, it helps that you know what's going on. Yeah. But I think you can get away with not knowing. Yeah, like, like not she, having... She was, she had a bad relationship before season four. Yeah, like, you don't have to wrong. know who yeah. he is. You, you, you know within that scene what his presence means to her. Yes. Yeah. That's a bit of a spoiler, because if you know Homeland, you know who I'm talking about, right? <laughs> I suppose, yeah, yeah. You don't uh, know the context, was... but you know who I'm probably referring to. It was like 10 years ago that that stuff okay. happened. Yeah, all right. It's been long enough. But, yeah... Um, so th- those four were the four televisions. That was my television. Though. Okay. Yeah. For although technically there is a fifth one that I'm 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 sort of starting at the moment. That being, uh, do you remember Bad Genius? Yes. The film that I brought up during our top ten of the tens. Yes. Um, it's a Thai. For those who don't know, it's a Thai heist film mm-hmm. uh, based on real events where this genius started to help her a uh, friend of hers cheat during an exam mm. and then they realized that they could make money off it so they basically started this like cheating ring in school where they like um shared the answers between all the students and then this went international basically yeah so they were taking exams in australia and they were sending the results over to thailand before people were taking the test and it's mm-hmm. this 
big like money making scheme that happens. Um, it's a film that I really, really liked. It was mm. my second favorite of the decade. I don't think you had as kind. Uh... I didn't dislike it. I just didn't get what you saw in it. Well, I mean, I like concepts like that anyway. Mm-hmm. Just like it's a heist movie, but the thing they're stealing or the the heist is around an exam. Yeah, like I I like really high concept stuff like that. Yeah, especially when they find a way of making it click. Yeah, and it's a very. Um, it's a very stylish film as well, yes. which I think it sort of had to be um, because yeah. taking an exam is not a visually interesting activity. No. So you have to work to make it interesting. And they do. Yeah. There's like a scene, I think it's after the second cheating session where like um, it's over and like a character hands over their sheet to the teacher. And when the teacher's gone, they sort of like collapse on the table out of exhaustion. Yes. And from the way the scene is played out, it sort of makes sense. It's mm. like, yeah, it kind of felt like that. Even though they were they were just there with paper. Yeah, yeah. The way it's portrayed, it was very frantic and like tense. Yeah. Well, they've made a TV show of Bad Genius. Yeah, I've heard about this. Yes. Yeah. So that is, I've watched like the first five minutes of the first episode. Mm. I was hoping to like get it done before the podcast. Okay. That's not happened. Right. I guess I'll report back. Okay. I have high expectations because I really like Bad Genius. Did you like the five minutes that you saw? No. Oh. Okay. It's it's weird because obviously the cast is completely different. Mm. It's still in it's it was made by the same people I think, so it's still in Thai. So what what is it exactly? Is it a, a reboot, a remake? I think it's what? the same story. I think it's a it's a new. They're just telling the same story, but as a TV show this time. Right. Okay. And yes, I think the skepticism in your voice is sort of yeah. Well, the other thing, yeah. Uh, it's a true. It's based on true story. Based right? on true events, yeah. They re they are readapting the true events. I don't. But that's th- where I'm getting a bit confused. Yeah, it would be like doing a social network TV show, but you're telling the, the exact same story. Well, like, that's the thing because, like, uh, I think reviews of Bad Genius, um, they've made the Aaron Sorkin comparison, and I think they've done that because. Kind of like the social network. It's a true story, but also it's covering a long, a large period of time yeah. very quickly and very efficiently. Mm-hmm. So obviously with a TV show, you have time to expand on those events now. Mm-hmm. But it feels like from the trailer and from the five minutes I've seen, it seems like that that extra time is just giving them time to dawdle. Right. Because yeah. the film is so quick and so efficient. And I know it's only five minutes, but I got the sense that, oh, this is just going to be the same story but it's just going to be bloated yeah yes like the parasite tv show that's upcoming oh god i think yeah. it's going to be you know the housekeeper yeah it's going to be some of her stories <laughs> right if you do a parasite tv show we've said this just do that kind of idea but with a totally different yeah. set of characters and kind of like fargo where you find the core of what it is right the, the core of the show or yes. the core of the film and then you build around, you build a new story around that core. Yeah, you don't and, just retell the film. You know, on a very surface level, my thoughts are a house and class. Those are the things that you sort of have to deal yeah. with with Parasite. Yeah. Um, if it's going to be Parasite, those things have to be in it. Mm. Uh, yeah, but don't like do the unseen bits, the deleted scenes, effectively of yeah. And I think there have also been rumblings of a social network sequel. Oh, dear. Yeah. I, I don't know how advanced that is or whether it's literally someone's been asked, would you do a sequel? Or yeah. Someone's gone, yeah, maybe. But what I've heard is Sorkin saying a lot of interesting stuff has happened 
since that film. Okay. With like the growth of Silicon Valley and the Russia hacks, all that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, he said, but I will only do it if David Fincher will direct it, which is good to hear. Yes. But no. No, 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 no. I love Aaron Sorkin and I love his latest stuff. Yeah. But no, leave it. Okay. Because, and like, I think Jesse Eisenberg said that he'd come back as oh, well. Oh, Jesus. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I do not want a sequel to The Social Network. I don't think they realize just how, like, big they can fail. Yeah, no. Like, if it's not good, it's going to be really not good. Yeah. Because The Social Network is so great. Yeah. Like, any problems are just going to be so much worse. They're yeah. going to seem so much worse in comparison. Unlike Great with a capital G. Like, obviously, it was my favorite film of, of that decade. Yeah. To me, it is the modern American masterpiece. Mm. The, you know, I, I remember seeing the behind the scenes thing and it ends with Kevin Spacey, oddly enough, because he produced it. Okay. Saying uh, that he went yeah, to they see... they probably won't bring him back, right? Probably not. No. He went to see, it was like Sunset Boulevard or something or mm. The Apartment, maybe, a Billy Wilder film, a rat for a screening. And he said, he was watching it thinking, why don't we make films like this anymore? Mm. And then I see The Social Network and realize, oh, we are. Okay. And that's sort of my opinion of it. Mm. Uh, it's a continuation of classic American cinema. Yeah. So don't fuck it up by making a sequel. <laughs> Please, just leave it be. But Sam, <laughs> is it not worth it for the possibility, admittedly very slim possibility, but for the possibility that they could make The Social Network again? <sighs> no. No? Because they can't. No, they can't. But... <laughs> I know. What if they did? What if we had... Two, sh- two social networks. I know what you're saying, but because of the social network, whatever follows it can't be the social network. No. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, okay. because of the social network, it will fall short. Yes. We have a social network. It's called the social network. It's called network. the social network. Yeah. That's that. Okay. You know, I just hope... I really hope they don't do it. Okay. I really hope. Even though, like, I fully trust Aaron Sorkin, David Fincher, if they both decided it was worth doing, mm. it probably would be worth it. Yeah. But it's such a massive risk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, know, I, just, I know what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, just don't. Okay. Don't do it. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I'll report back on Bad Genius. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's my, uh, going into it, that's my sort of fear, is that it's going to be, it's just going to be a bloated retelling story that was already perfectly told, as right. far as I was concerned. Yeah. Especially since, like like I said, the cast is completely different, but the music is, is exactly the same as the film, mm-hmm. and the, the way that it's edited seems to be exactly the same. Mm-hmm. The shots are flatter, it's, it looks more televisual. Yeah. But they do seem to be genuinely, like, they're trying to recreate the film. Which is weird, because, like... I'd have expected the English remake of this to be like, oh, we're going to remake this Thai film, but we're going to make it a TV show. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I wasn't expecting there to also be, like, there's the Thai film and then there's also a Thai TV show that came out like three years later. Yeah. I could be I could be wrong about that. I don't know if there's like equivalence in whether people would say, oh, Fargo's that. They did a film and right, they did right, a right. TV show. Yeah. But Fargo is a different animal. Mm-hmm. Because they did do, um, they did what we just suggest, where they, like, Noah Hawley, mm-hmm. that is his name, right? Yep, Noah Hawley. Yeah, he looked at the core of Fargo. It's like, right, what is Fargo? What is the essence of Fargo? Yeah. And that's the thing that he extracted from the film. He didn't, 
Season one is kind of a very loose retelling of the film. It starts that way. Yeah. It starts that way, and then it becomes yeah. something different very quickly. And, yeah. and to the point where, like, you reach season three, and like the core of season three is truth. Yeah. Like stories and truth, which yeah. is like ties into probably the one of the most iconic elements of Fargo, which is that this is the true story. Yeah. Like, what does, what does that mean, basically? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That that's what season three is. Yeah. So yeah, Fargo is a very different animal. Whereas this bad genius show just seems to be bad genius again, but more bloated. Right. So I'm I'm hoping it's not that, but I fear it might be. Well, whenever this kind of global culture of entertainment excess finally collapses in on itself, mm. the epigraph will be couldn't leave well enough alone. Yeah. I think everything that's vaguely good or vaguely successful, they have to milk it and milk it and milk yes. it. Parasite, a foreign film that, okay, yeah, did well internationally, mm. but not the kind of thing that all of a sudden has a fucking franchise around it. Yeah. But it does now. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, anyway. That uh, being said, yeah, English-speaking, like, film studios, mm. there's not only a Bad Genius film, but there is now a Bad Genius TV show. Yeah. Why are neither of these <laughs> available? I can't buy it. Yeah, it is, it is strange. I cannot buy it. Well, how kind of niche is because i mean like k drama mm. and k-pop has its fans over here yes that's a certain like little community i don't know how um like how popular thai or uh, thai cinema is mm. with the general public i don't think i've ever seen a thai film I'll i am gonna say not very except bad genius yeah, yeah yeah but that's the thing like bad genius i said it, my my segment on it during the top 10 of the 10s mm. it's sort of a perfect uh gateway to foreign cinema because it feels like a Western film. Right. In the sense that it feels just like a, a heist movie that you've seen yeah, yeah. before. But it's it's just in a foreign language. It's totally accessible. The con- Yeah, the yeah. concept is so universal that it yeah. doesn't matter that it's in a different language. Yeah, it's like Pan's Labyrinth or something. Yeah, like, exactly. It's just a tiny hurdle. It's perfect. It's a perfect gateway foreign film. Yeah. It might even be... Like, Parasite is the superior film. I, yeah, I, know, yeah. I know it was lower on my list, but yeah. that's just personal preference. Mm. I acknowledge Parasite is the better yeah, film. Yeah, sure. I would say it's more accessible than Parasite. Yeah. It has more appeal than Parasite. Yeah, yeah. Why is it not available? Why has no one picked it up? It's one of the high. It's one of the like best performing Thai films of all time. It's, I it's think. performed... It's been aired... Screened the festivals over here, it's right? Been, it's gone global yeah. on the festival circuit. It's just not been picked up in the States and it's not been picked up in the UK. And the DVDs available, right? There are DVDs and Blu-rays out there, but they're all like Region 3. No, they're not even Region 3, I don't think. Like Region 4. Oh, there are no Region 2s. No, no Plus Region Plus you don't twos. have the DVD. You're no, I can't. There oh, is no Region just, 2 DVD. Available. I can't get it. Yeah. I know about like Region Unblocking and stuff, but yeah. I, don't, I just want... You just I, want I don't want to go DVD. through the hassle. I just I want know. the DVD. I know. The, we're almost at an end. The, yeah. the thing is, like, I think Homeland... Mayhem. There's a DVD of uh, Mayhem, mayhem but yeah. there's not of Bad Genius? I know. Uh, season 8 of Homeland has just gone on Netflix. Right. Which makes me worried that it won't come out on DVD. Yeah. I've got the first seven seasons on DVD. <laughs> oh, God. And it, just the last one they're not going to release. Yeah. I have to hope at one point they will. If I get that, my DVD collection can be done. Okay. Because... There, there are no hanging threads there. No. Oh, and the final season of Better Call Saul. Okay. I, I'll need that. And okay. then you can never do DVDs again if you fucking want. Yeah. But like, I need to finish the ones I've got. Not just that they wouldn't release season eight on DVD. Surely they would just release season eight on DVD so they can do the Homeland, the complete box set. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. They do that all the yeah. time. But it's on Netflix. But things it might things are portable on Netflix. They leave, they come back, they leave. Yeah. If yeah, you should have you the seen entertainment. the amount of shit that's going on Disney Plus at the moment. Oh, I know. Like Star or whatever it's called. What's that? That's what it's called. There's like I oh, assume right. it's like okay. a sub. It's like a sub streaming service within Disney Plus. I I've only seen the commercials, and my assumption based on those commercials is Star is where all the grown-up shows go. Right. Disney Plus is where all the Disney stuff goes. Okay. So yeah. they've got like you know Lost, Prison Break, like the favorite is going on Disney Plus. Okay. There's the Die Hard. I think yeah, Die, Die Hard's yeah, yeah. going on Disney. Yeah. So such a bizarre like Family Guy. Family yeah. Guy's going on Disney Plus. It's such a weird. It genuinely seems like Family Guy, Sons of Anarchy, Sons of Anarchy's going on there. I don't get it. These aren't owned by the same parent company. No, <laughs> like Lost. Okay, or Fox. Like Fox Family Guy. I get that. What the Disney own? Oh yeah, they own Fox. Yeah, now. they own Fox now. Of course. Yeah, and Lost ABC. Fair enough. Oh um, yeah. Oh actually, yeah, it might make sense. Yeah, yeah. The favorite, I don't quite get. No, I don't understand That's that. Because that features pretty predominantly in the trailer as well. There's like Does three it? or four times they cut back to the favorite. Okay. So I, I guess that's to entice like your your more sophisticated viewer, right? I that's the one. That, that's the one they're using to telegraph. I mean, it's not just like slot. Olivia Colman won the award for it. I don't know. Yeah. Did they win? Did anyone win supporting? I think Rachel Weisz won the BAFTA, didn't she? Okay. The point being, outside yeah. of the award circuit, which yeah. it wasn't even a big, uh, it wasn't even a big feature of the award circuit. Heavily, fe- heavily featured nominee, not massive winner. No, yeah. but is it known? Do people know what the favorite is? I don't think people do, no. 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 Yeah, film people do. Yeah. People don't. Okay. I think. It's not quite entered. I think it'll stick around. Mm. I think it's one of the awardsy films that will last. Okay. But there hasn't been enough time yet to probably kind of judge Yeah, it's that. only a couple of years old. Yeah. yeah. Um, was it the last podcast that I added the autumn August autumn to the... Lexicorner. I think so, because you, you were talking about Homeland when you coined the... Okay. Uh, I just wanted to add one more thing into it. Okay. Blackadder. Oh, the most obvious one. The most obvious one. I think we talked about this. It kind of hit me on this latest rewatch. But obviously the famous ending of them leaving the trench and running across no man's land. Yes. And it's kind of nice that it ends there because it's almost like the message is... Yeah, there are no more Blackadders. Yeah. Blackadder died here. That's where the Blackadder lineage yeah. ends. Which lends an even more horrible poetry to mm. that ending. Um, but yeah, anyway, I just wanted to add that to the August black autumn. Blackad uh, that? I wanted to Blackadder that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? The puns will live on in some capacity, There's, Sam. Sam Harris has recent, recently released two podcast episodes called A Call from Ricky. Ricky Gervais rings him to ask him a question. Okay. And then there was a follow-up call. And in the follow-up call... They talk about why puns are so terrible. Okay. Like why they're not funny right. and just offensive. And Okay. Yeah. So you should listen to that. I have not listened to that No, podcast. you should listen to that and podcast. And so my opinion remains <laughs> Remains intact. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. Should we talk about... Well, we got a lot of reviews. We do. So we should probably do one of those now. Okay. Shall we get the 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 one out of obligation? We're doing out of obligation. Out of sure. Yes. Let's do it. Do I introduce it, George? <laughs> well, we we got we're gonna we're gonna do it again. We're gonna. Oh, sure. It okay. All right. Ready? Yeah.
Doctor Who. Doctor Who. It's Doctor Who, in case yeah. you didn't guess. Yeah. Um, is this the final ever review of Doctor Who on this podcast? Never say never. I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you said never You said never before this special, didn't you? No, I said I would watch the special. Oh, and that was going to be the cutoff point. That was going to be the cutoff point, if it didn't win me back. Okay. Spoiler alert. Well, <laughs> it didn't win me back. I have... An obsessive compulsive obligation to watch all of it now. Okay. So I'll still keep You do realise you're condemning yourself to watch a show without Bradley Walsh but with John Bishop? I know. <laughs> I know. But they won't end it, George. No, they won't they end it. They keep refusing. They won't end it. Not only will they not end it, they won't end this fucking Chibnall I know. It, bullshit it, Chibnall it, era. It keeps not ending. Yeah. <laughs> it does, doesn't yeah. it? Um I can't remember much of anything about it, to be no. honest with you. It was a long time... I mean, yes, this this happened on New Year's Day. This is the New Year's Day special yeah. we're talking about. We're recording this episode on the 20th of February. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming neither of us have rewatched it since New Year's I Day. I have not. And I'm going to assume that you didn't remember anything about it pretty much as soon as you watched it, right? As I was watching it. As I, you were I, watching I was, it. I, you was forgetting You what forgot was that you'd watched it yes. as it was like... Oh shit! I'm watching Doctor Who. Yeah. When did I start much. watching? This? Jolting back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is genuinely out of obligation because I, I don't know what we're going to say about it. All I can say is that yeah, it needs a total renovation. It's poisoned from the inside out. Yeah. Uh, it needs a total overhaul. It just needs forget about continuing it and kind of rebooting with a different actor and a different writer. I think you need to go back to square one now, and if you're going to carry it on. Total reset. I that's the thing. I don't know with the amount of history. I know, and that's the thing. It's it's that it's that amount of history and what has been done with that history. That's why it needs to be rebooted because it's got yeah. so much baggage at right. this point. Yeah, and I'm not saying necessarily negate it, like vanquish it, say it was all for nothing. Yeah, there there, there is a clever way, I'm sure of. Of kind of having your cake and eating There's it. There's even, like, not clever ways of doing it. Just like, oh, right. this Doctor exists in an alternate universe. Sure, yeah, exactly, yeah. something like that. Yeah. All that stuff is still, it still happened. Yeah, kind, still of, canon. kind of do what Crash 4 did, because I'm playing Crash Bandicoot 4 at the moment, right. a lot of it at the moment. Yeah. Um, and what that kind of does, obviously it's called Crash Bandicoot 4, mm-hmm. and so to the outside observer, it's like, oh, everything since Crash Bandicoot 3 is now irre- irrelevant, because mm-hmm. this is the official fourth one. Um. You've even, like, this when you fight Cortex um, mm. in the game, like, the boss level is called Fourth Time, fourth Time's the Charm. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, to an almost obsessive degree, they keep mentioning, oh, this is only the fourth time we fought Cortex. Okay. So they're really hammering home. Okay. There is nothing after Crash 3, okay? Yeah. And yet, because the game plays with, like, time travel and alternate dimensions, there's also, like, little Easter eggs in the background of, like, characters that have appeared right. in games. So it's sort of, like, implying that those games happened. We're just, like, right. telling the story in a timeline where those games haven't happened. Is that the future? Because that seems to be where we're going. It Everything really is... It does. Like, DC are doing that, right? And M- MCU. Like, but the MCU did it... Not did necessarily... It. Well, the MCU, they're, they're, like... Well, they're doing it when it wasn't even necessary. Yeah. None of us assumed 
that uh, Tobey Maguire had anything to do with, no, exactly. with Iron Man. It, that was the new thing. I mean, with DC, they kind of have to because all of their good films have nothing to do with their continuity. Yes. So they had to go, <laughs> oh yeah, they all count. They just don't connect. It's mental. I, I Yeah. Is it needed? Why is this needed? I think it's it's for that reason. It's so that people won't get angry. It's like, oh, we're not invalidating your fandom. <laughs> right. You can still be a fan of these things. Just because we're not considering them in this new material doesn't mean to say they didn't happen. Doesn't mean to say that you can't say. To all the people who still like Crash, uh, Crash to Insanity, mm. you can go to bed at night safe in the knowledge that Crash to, to Insanity still happened out there. But does that need to be cushioned in the context of the, of the in-world narrative of the universe? I mean, can't you just say to the fans, if you like that film, you're entitled to like that film. It's distinct from all other films. No, it has to have existed. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, th- why? Like, like, with Marvel, I guess they just thought, oh, this is where we're going to go with it. We're doing the... the multiverse well because it's spider-man that it's happening with right well with everything doctor strange with with everything now but like spider-man is their gateway into it i think so well one division but yeah okay yeah well i was gonna say i do genuinely wonder uh how much of that is to do with the success of spider-verse yeah i think partly that yeah because the other thing we need to consider is sony do have their hand in the mcu when it comes to spider-man so this may very well have been sony's decision and marvel to have just gone like well we have to this has to make sense within our own universe, so we'll have to start introducing the multiverse into shit. No. My gut instinct is that the Spider-Verse thing certainly didn't deter them. No. But it's the, how do we go bigger than Endgame? And the yeah. way you go bigger is multiple universes. Yes. Um, I was talking with my cousin about it today. He's a big Marvel guy. Mm. And he was telling me about the inevitabilities of where it's going to lead. Right. Like these character, like Franklin Richards, Reed Richardson, who's apparently could take on Colossus. He's that powerful. Okay. And he might be appearing in the last episode of One Division. Right. So kind of setting that up. Okay. And then this character called Adam Warlock or something. All of these like... They're, I hear they're that more, name. Yeah, they're more powerful than Thanos. You know, it's, okay. that's where we're going now. It's yeah. And, they, and big, they've big, just big, been big. like sitting over there blowing raspberries for right. the last 20 films well, or whatever. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Weirdly enough, their presence correlates with the rights that Marvel have. <laughs> for, like the Fantastic Four and the X-Men. We're going to get the lucky, X-Men isn't as well. That, that, that story that they very deliberately planned from the start, it's just so happening to line up with the with the properties they have access to. I know. Well, that's phase one, two, three. What's it called? Of Something one. Not Is it phase one? Um, no. Yeah, no. Phases are the other thing. Era one? It's like the Thanos era, right? Or the Infinity. No, the Infinity saga. Saga. saga Infinity one. saga, yeah. Um, so the next saga will be the multiverse saga. Yeah. And then the, the saga after that will, it will include the real world. It'll Deadpool it. Mm. So like the fact them having the rights to the characters and everything, that will be the third saga. Yeah. The everything saga. <laughs> yeah. It's just going to be a series of social network ripoffs of them trying to like buy the rights of the Fantastic Four back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be every Marvel film. It'll, it'll be like them in a room. It'll be someone litigating against someone who's ripped off an idea for a Marvel film yeah. in a room as their conversation inspires a multiverse narrative that is happening alongside that conversation. Yes. That, that is the end point of all this. And nonsense. then Saga 4 will be about the documentary crew recording these films, yeah? Yeah, it'll become a mockumentary is happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, it makes you feel a bit sick, doesn't it? Iron Man's it's coming back, right? Iron Man will be in these, all, all of these films. Well, Chris Evans is coming back somewhere. Oh, it, it's the artistic equivalent 
of that pound stretcher seeing all the boxes of shit and packed. <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking, oh my God, people are going to eat this. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why do we bring I that up? I don't know. Doctor Who. Doctor Who, Doctor yeah. Who, okay. Um, yeah, it needs a total renovation. Um, my only other note is that it was the big exit of Bradley Walsh and... Uh, Tosin Cole is the actor. Ryan. Okay, Ryan. And the big motivation was, uh, let's leave. I think that's sort of brilliant, though. <laughs> I do. That is the one thing I like about it. It's 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 so representative of, I think, where a lot of people are with Doctor Who at the moment. Yeah, It's just it. like, oh, I'm done with it. Yeah. Bye. That's what I like about it. It wasn't a grand emotion. I was like, oh, I can't No, be like even anymore. Martha, because Martha just sort of uh, fucked off. Yeah. But like she had a valid reason. Her whole thing was, my family have just been through this incredibly traumatic experience. Yeah, yeah. That the entire world doesn't remember. Mm-hmm. I'm the only person who can like relate to them, and I feel like I've be- I've travelled enough with you, Doctor, that I can like take the experience and the knowledge I've gained from you and apply it practically in the re- real world. Yes. And also, I figured out that we're never going to become a thing because you still hung up on Rose. Yeah. So I'm not going to subject myself to that anymore. I have evolved as a character. Yes. <laughs> Tosin Cole was just like, I miss my mates. Yeah. I can't be asked with this whole, like, seeing galaxies that have never been seen by human eyes before. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything to me anymore. I just want to go play, like, Call um, of Duty with my friends. And then Braddy Walsh goes, oh, I will as well then. Yeah. If you want to do it. Yeah, it was... Okay, so the ending with them, you know, the mirroring, the bookend, them on the mountain. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Is that a ghost? <laughs> what the fuck is that? Is the, are they ghosts now? Because no. they both see her. That's that's just uh, typical Chris Chibnall artistic license. Yeah, you can't do that. Oh, scripts have like visions of characters that have died, so yes. they both see a character that's dead as like a visual cue that they've grown. They, right, they they're remembering her. Yeah. Fine, if one person sees it. Yes, not two looking at the same place. Do that they, to me implies a physical reality. Right? Do they? they yeah, they both look at the same yeah. place. They both see her. Yeah. Do they acknowledge that they've both seen her? I don't think so. Okay. They just crack on with it. That might be, yeah, that might be a step too far. Yeah, like... The, if they both look and go, did you, did you see? Did yeah, you yeah. See I get it. Like, artistically. Yeah. That's what scripts do, so... Yeah, yeah. It's that. just the idea that her presence is hovering. We're meant to shed a tear, aren't we? Yeah. That, that her, her presence oh, is hovering over Oh, it's all been about this woman that yeah. I genuinely forgot about. But you cut... Yeah, like, the fact they both look, it grounds it in a physical reality. Mm. I don't think it's being pedantic or nitpicky to say, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> is that a ghost? Are they seeing a ghost? You know? I mean... Is that a setup for the next wacky <laughs> adventure? You know? Doctor Who has done so much at this point, hasn't it? Yeah. Like... <laughs> there are no rules. I think, I think like, during Moffat's era, you were complaining about the the show seemed to be leaping between fairy tale logic and, like, science logic. Yeah. And there seemed to be no distinction. Poetic there. logic and... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I guess this is the show doing that again. Um, yeah. But I imagine, like, I imagine, I can imagine Stephen Moffat sitting down in a room going, okay, we're switching over to poetic logic now, <laughs> but fuck it. Well, I, 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 I acknowledge that him, we're doing it. You I know? picture him just throwing darts at a board that yeah. has all the things on like poetic logic, yeah. sci-fi, fantasy. Yeah. yeah. Today we're doing that one, you know. Yeah. Um, I can imagine him knowing that, like, in, a, in, in an ideal world, I would do this better, but this is the way I'm going to do it, you know? Sure. <laughs> Whereas yeah. Chris Chibnall, I can imagine him just going, oh, this is this is good writing. This is what a story is. Yeah. Like, he just doesn't understand that, yeah, it, it corrupts the 
Um, yeah, it, it does have that kind of Moffat because he has been good. Yes. And even when he was showrunner, there are good things. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. But yeah, Chibnall, nothing has been good really. No. But yeah, Moffat, again, yeah, when it fails, like, oh, you gave it a go. I don't dislike Moffat when it's bad. I said before, didn't I? If, like, Russell T. Russell T. Davis's Doctor Who is good television. Yeah. It's not great television, it's good television. Uh, it knows what it is, it sticks to that, it does it well. Mm-hmm. Stephen Moffat's uh, vision of Doctor Who, if it was done properly, mm-hmm. it would have been, like, interesting television. Yeah. If Chibnall's Doctor Who was done as well as he's trying to do it, mm-hmm. it's generic television. Yeah. And that's the big problem with Chibnall's era is that he's not doing it well, mm-hmm. but if he was doing it well, it still wouldn't be worth notes. Yeah. Worthy of notes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's depressing, his era. Yeah. Like, it's all just, Because uh, it's got that broad church thing to it, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, That's our review, I guess. I guess I mean, so. there's nothing else to say, is well, there? Well, the Daleks are in it. Were you at least happy to see the Daleks again? No. No. Were you? <laughs> No, because this, it was genuinely like the every time the Daleks were on screen, I was like, "Oh, they've taken that from this episode. Oh, they've taken that from." That. There's genuinely not a single original scene, yeah, that the Daleks are in. It's all just like like Dalek Civil War stuff has been done like way back in the classic era. Yeah, they did the same thing they did in Resolution, where like the Dalek came out of its casing and it's like overtaken a human body. Mm-hmm. The the way the Doctor defeats them by like. Uh, the Daleks swallowed into the void. Mm-hmm. They just ripped that off from like Doomsday, right? Where like uh, the Rose's episode where she yeah, leaves, yeah. where they all get sucked into the void. The Dalek drones. I feel like that's taken from that's from um, uh, Victory of the Daleks, the first Matt Smith Dalek yeah, yeah. episode where the Daleks are pretending to be good. Yeah, the World War Two episode. Yeah, yeah, where they're pretending to be like human tech yeah. that serve humanity, and then they just like turn evil when they have what they want. Yeah, it's all ripped off from all previous Dalek stories. The thing about Doctor Who, my impression anyway, is just nobody gives a shit. But by which I mean, like, not creatively, though that seems to be the case. Yeah, it gets high viewing figures. Yeah, but it's not in the zeitgeist. People don't talk about Doctor Who. I I can't remember the last time outside of this podcast. I cannot remember the last time I had a conversation with someone about Doctor Who. Yeah, or even overhear a conversation. Someone who, for someone who never watched it, after a certain point, I ceased seeing anything to do with it. Mm. I knew that Jodie Whittaker was going to become the new Doctor. Yeah, but I saw nothing of it. Yeah, it was just gone for for like a hit show mm. that still gets con- you know consistently high ratings. It disappeared off the radar. Bear in mind as well, listeners, this is a show that is filmed literally on our doorstep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are multiple... I know they kind of film it in Sheffield now, Mm -hmm. um, but I think there are a few shots in the show that are filmed in Cardiff. Yeah. Like right where Eddie lives. Even the the final scene of the Christmas... the New Year special, it must have been around here somewhere. Yeah. Like the valleys. Yeah, if it's not on the mountain that's like right there. Yeah, up there. Like White Rock. Yeah, literally outside the window. It's the mountain that's like two mountains over there, you know? Um, It might be... I'm not... I don't know for certain. It might be the mountain that's like overlooking uh, the valley of Dad's butcher shop. Yeah, yeah, they're on the valley. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I think it's that one. I think it is. And... But yeah, gone. And and just nobody cares. No. The people watch it. I guess some people like it. They must do somewhere. (laughs) But do you know what I mean? It's like it keeps getting higher ratings, but... Nobody cares. It, no. it just it, the spirit has gone from it, and, and that is kind of represented in, in its aesthetic as well. Hmm. That dull kind of almost ITV drama. 
I windswept I beach. so hate the way the show looks now. I know, yeah. Because it's it it is. I I complain about it every time, but it's um it's student filmmaking. Like they've got really high quality cameras mm. and they seem to like they 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 include like these big vista shots to make you think like, oh wow, this show looks great because they've got these big vista shots. But it's all like fucking close-ups. Mm-hmm. There's no sense of geography in any scene because it's just characters speaking yeah. in close-ups. Yeah. And it's not They've got that cinematic aspect ratio as well, that like fake cinema aspect ratio mm-hmm. to make you think that it looks better than it cinematic, does. Cinematic, yeah. Do you know I tell you what Doctor Who needs? It needs the newsroom treatment. I'm sure everybody has seen the scene from the newsroom. Is that the one where he's like... America isn't, isn't the greatest country in the world. Yeah. Yeah, like it's always on YouTube recommendations yeah, and yeah. stuff. It needs that. The newsroom as a show wasn't great, but that idea of he's a successful newscaster that does very well in the ratings he's very famous you know he's well liked but he's plateaued Mm. and he's not telling exciting like kind of um he's not in the zeitgeist he's not in the culture he's Mm. not kind of um there's no fire to him anymore yeah and yeah he's doing an interview where someone says oh you know why is america so is the greatest country in the world and the people he's on the panel will go oh you know america 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 like Mm. oh because because of freedom and then he just kind of snaps and goes, you know what? It's fucking not, all right? And what Doctor Who needs is that, is for someone to go, why is Doctor Who the greatest sci-fi show? And go, oh, you know, because of its legacy. And someone to go, you know what? It used to be. Yeah. And it's not anymore. And no. you need that. You need the Jeff Daniels treatment. Yeah. Someone to come in fresh blood and go, right, it's fucking shit. <laughs> all right? Yeah. I know people watch it, but mm. that's not good enough. No. Because whatever you do with Doctor Who, people are going to watch it. Yeah. So why don't we actually try and be good? Mm. That's what it needs. <laughs> it's a radical notion. Yeah, let's be good. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's yeah. make a good show. Yeah. Cut to Saito and Inception. I knew a man once, <laughs> possessed of some radical notions. <laughs> he wanted to make Doctor Who good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, that is our review. Of that Doctor is our Who. review of Doctor Who. So we briefly talk about the fucking shit at the Capitol and little parlor and all that. Oh, go on. Okay. I mean, I, there's not much to say. It just has to be acknowledged, I guess. Well, we we definitely would have talked about it had we been doing the podcast at the time it happened. Yeah. What to say about it? Well, I know very little about it. Okay. I know the Capitol was breached. I've seen the famous photo of the guy in, like, the Minotaur uniform or whatever it was. Uh, Viking, yeah. A Viking uniform. Yeah. There were horns. For some reason, I just assumed the Minotaur. <laughs> okay. Um, I saw that that happened. I saw that Mike Pence had to be escorted off the premises Mm -hmm. because he was swearing Joe Biden in. Yeah, they were going through that process. They were going through that process. I've seen that Trump um, was impeached. Like there was an impeachment trial uh, set up for Trump because people were saying that he was inciting Mm -hmm. people to breach the Capitol. Mm -hmm. And that trial lasted like five hours and he was Mm -hmm. found not guilty. Yeah. That's kind of all I know. Yeah, you you got the bullet points. Okay. I mean, yes, he was. He gave a speech where he said uh, he insisted again that the the election was stolen from him and he actually won. Yeah, but it's rigged. And you know, we should march up to the Capitol and I'll march with you. And then that happened. Right. Okay. He didn't incite legally or actually. Really, I I see. I remember. It, he couldn't have been tweeting it because he's been banned from Twitter and everything. Facebook. He's been banned from everything. But Pinterest, but- Spotify, <laughs> genuinely. All the things, yeah. yeah. He can't even listen to music. No. Yeah. <laughs> the ultimate yeah. punishment. Um, 
I do attest to that. Like like I said, that, that those final couple of days when I was working in the supermarket, mm-hmm. being able to listen to music was just a godsend. Like, th- why have I not been able to do this up until It's now? one of those things. Obviously, I've been in a band and, you know, music's important to me. Mm. And you, but a screenwriter is the ambition. That's what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. But if you told me you will be the most successful screenwriter in the world and you'll have a happy marriage, and kid, mm. it'll all be good, but there'll be no music in life anymore. I might consider it not worth living. Yeah. Genuinely. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, right. I, that's just not right to me. No. I can't imagine that, you know? Um, no, I ge- yeah. Genuinely agree with you. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember where I saw it, but I swear that I saw messages from Trump saying, like, don't breach the Capitol. Oh, yeah, he did He did eventually say that. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. I don't know what you're doing. Stop it. I mean, uh, it came out afterwards, of course, that it was all planned beforehand. It mm. wasn't a, a spur-of-the-moment no. uh, uprising. They've been planning. Like, they were, I think, vans that had, like, bombs and stuff inside them. Oh, right. That just luckily never came to fruition. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, a woman got killed there, and I think a few cops got killed as well. Mm. Um, terrible thing. You think the left would like that, then? Well, one of them got killed. Well, the cops got killed. Uh, the left like cops when uh, they're against right-wing ah, protesters. My mistake. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's genuinely really hard to keep up with this. It sometimes. really is hard to keep up with it. Yeah. It's all just gone mental. Like, the thing is, this whole bullshit about unity, mm. that's the thing we're getting right now, right? Yeah. It's not true. It's objectively not true. If you really wanted unity, you would let Donald Trump disappear like a fart in the wind. Mm-hmm gone mm. and like I'm happy to do that you know the problem is Donald Trump is not well he's will, he will not disappear like a he's being quiet at the moment at the moment yeah like who knows what's gonna happen yeah and if he's you know not impeached he could run again mm. I don't know if he will I certainly don't think he'll win if he runs again no, no. but either way just he's gone now mm. like what dragging it out with impeachment it's it's just keeping the wound open mm. for people who hate him anyway and it just proves that it's not about unity. It's about punishing people that supported him. Mm. And you see that it's across the board. I mean, there was a guy, I think the most egregious thing that's been said, or one of them anyway, uh, this guy said that we should memorialize the day that the capital was breached in the same way we do 9-11. Because, um, and it, oh, so brilliant. Like, I don't think he know, kind of knew what he was saying, but the way he phrased it was, you know, this is this is a, an insurrection that actually happened, whereas um, like 9-11, um, it wasn't, you oh, know? Jesus, right. it, it wasn't, it, and, but this actually happened. This okay. was, no, that's what he said. Um, the plane didn't hit the Capitol um, on 9-11, but this actually happened. Like, right. But hang on, as Ben Shapiro pointed out, Ben Shapiro pointed out, I tend to think of the twin... T- the, the planes yeah I don't think of the plane towers. not hitting the capital yeah that, no one remembers that no. no one remembers the plane that didn't hit the capital no no they remember the 3,000 people that were killed yeah uh, so that was just the most stupid it, it was basically kind of oh, it was on uh, the XFM show that Ricky Gervais did with Steve Merchant and Pilkington um, it reminds me of that where they were talking about Cliff Richard he was doing an interview and he, he said that uh, I've now sold more albums in Britain than Elvis Presley. Mm. And that's only because he died anyway. It's like everything he says is like a, a disguised boast. Okay. And it reminded me of that, of like, y- you know, it was like 9-11, but this is actually kind of 
it's actually gonna worse when you think about it. Right. Like nine eleven didn't even didn't even hit the capital. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like what are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Parla got taken the day after I joined Parla. It got taken down. <laughs> uh, my fault, obviously. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's not much to be said other than. Oh, it's clear this is all going to continue then. Yeah. Donald Trump. Yeah, we're not done with Trump yet. We're not done with with any of that. And Gina Carano recently was let go from The Mandalorian. Yeah. What was it specifically? Uh, I mean, I I know that they they wanted to get rid of her for a while. They were, yeah, waiting for a reason. It was a picture. She tweeted a picture of, I think, a Jew in Nazi Germany or Jews in Nazi Germany Mm. and basically said, you know, in 1940s Germany, people were um, discriminated against for their beliefs and they were, weren't allowed to think this and do that. How is that fundamentally different from what the left is doing in America today? Okay. Not at all saying it was equivalent to the Holocaust. No, no, no. But like saying it's the same. Like, you know, it, that was the right, this is the left. Um, the, yeah, the, the, sort of the, the motivation yeah, the of censorship is and the, similar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not the outcome. No, and that was what they kind of used to okay. fuck her off. Is this the is this the part where I bring up that Mulan was filmed next to a concentration camp? Yeah, the Mulan thanked the province yeah. that was doing that. <laughs> yeah, um, that is like clearly allied with China in loads of different ways. Yes, fucked, <laughs> Hi- hypocritical, fucked, just yeah. fucked, fucked, fucked. Uh, I tell you what, the, it was so refreshing. The other day, the guy who, the landlord of the house in which I live, his father came with a guy to look at the, to, to do a gas check, right? Okay. And the father just came to kind of just, you know, check what the house was like. Mm. And they know that I'm an aspiring writer. Okay. And they saw how's the writing going. So it's not about that. So, you know, but trying to get any comedy on TV now, it's just fucking impossible. Mm. <laughs> the father I'm, I'm going to use the word because I'm quoting him I see he said yeah you know it's I tell you what they say you know the n-word we use the n-word now don't we but you watch it and the black people this nigger this nigger that they're saying it to, to each other yeah. like you know yeah. like oh my nigger like he was yeah I was like it's kind of th- out of the mouths of babes almost but he's right <laughs> he is right isn't he like, well it's, you know it's a different context yeah but like they're, they're taking the word back and all that but, he, but he's right isn't he no he is <laughs> that's the thing like all the complexity removed he is right yeah that's the thing and it was so refreshing like yeah like I remember because when I was a kid that's kind of how I thought about things mm. And then I went through my little woke thing from like 13 to 17, 18. Mm-hmm. And like where you defended Islam all the time. Yeah. You know, it's actually a religion of peace, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And then I came out of that. And it's just nice kind of being back and, oh, I was right the first time. I was right <laughs> the first time. You know, I'm not saying we still be going around saying this nigga that. No, no, no. But yeah, he's right. Yeah, you know, we're not we're not an island in this. Like people do know that this is like ridiculous. Yeah, n- normal people. Normal people. Yeah, yeah. Okay, should we do another review? Yes. Which one are we going to review? We got a couple of reviews to get through. Should we do Tanit then? Okay. Right. 
I haven't got any notes for Tenet because I didn't know we were going to be talking about it. Oh, right, okay. Uh, but I have seen it. Yes. I thought that was one of the ones that, like, it was weird we didn't do Tenet. So I think we're going to have to get around to it one day. I think that's why. Just we've gone so long without talking about it. Okay. It's like, I don't think we are now. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, but you watched it. Well, we are, bitch. We, uh-huh. are, we are, bitch. <laughs> Take Surprise that reality. You. Yeah. Okay. What are your thoughts on Tenet? Um, I get the impression. Mm-hmm. That people don't like Tenet very much. I think that's an accurate impression. Yes. Yeah. Take out of the equation the fact that this was supposed to be the film that revitalized cinema. Mm-hmm. Which wouldn't have meant anything anyway because virus, like, infection rates spiked so we all had to go back indoors anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. It didn't bring people back to the cinemas. I think even if you take that out of the equation, people are like, yeah, this is not a good film. Mm-hmm. I don't know... Okay. I wouldn't call it good. No. It's definitely one of Nolan's weaker um, offerings. Yes. I don't know if it's his weakest. I th- Okay, I think it's his weakest since his first. Okay, and you're talking about the one prior to Memento. Yeah, following. Yeah. yeah. I think it's his weakest since that. Okay. Why? It doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> okay. Um, Is that just par for the course when you're dealing with a concept like this? It, it needn't be. Okay. I mean, okay, we've talked before, I'm sure we have, about the kind of nade plus ultra of directors that, like, they have a style or a certain technical thing, Mm. and then you can witness the expansion or development of that style where it reaches a natural end point. Yes. Denis Villeneuve from Prisoners through to Blade Runner, that kind of visual technique of stark, and it gets starker and starker. Yeah. Right, and you end up a Blade Runner, and now Dune, who knows, right? Yes. Uh, Nolan, it's been concepts. Mm. Timey-wimey. I was going to say time specifically, he seems to like playing. Yeah, timey-wimey space. uh, All of his films, to some extent, maybe with the exception of The Dark Knight and Rises, have kind of dealt with it, Mm. with time. And he's leaned into that to the point where he hasn't bothered doing the character stuff. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. that was one of the more surprising things. Yeah. Because Nolan, I think, broadly is considered to be a very cold filmmaker. Yeah. Isn't he? He's like the modern day Kubrick. He's Kubrick, yeah. Um, and so... No, I don't even think that's fair. I was going to say, like, most people don't think of character when they think of a Nolan film. They mm-hmm. think of, like, the, the presentation of it and yes. sort of the way that it plays with time, whether that's just the the manner in which the story is told or whether it becomes a component in the story. Yeah. But then again, like Heath Ledger's joke is probably the most iconic Nolan, one of the most iconic Nolan things. Yeah. And that is very much a character. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I was going to say, he seems like a very cold filmmaker. So he does, I think he does prefer that aspect of filmmaking. Mm -hmm. He prefers like putting a film together in an interesting way or like playing with a central concept like, you know, the, the way time moves and stuff like that. Yes. Um, but he's always at least acknowledged character. Like, characters have been in it. Yes. Like, the main character in this film doesn't even have a name. Um, <laughs> he's that, literally yeah. called the protagonist. That, that is the end point. The yeah. logical end point of dealing with concepts is where the designations they would have on the graph of the film mm. are what you end up naming them. Yeah. You know? Because even Inception, which I think this is... 
I don't know if you could call this a companion piece to Inception. I think it is in some ways, yeah. Yeah, there are sort of aspects of both films that are similar. They're, yeah. You know, they're both kind of James Bondy, International kind of espionage um yeah, big action movies. Yeah, yeah, that deal with... I mean, Inception dealt with dreams. Yeah. Tenet is dealing with time. Yeah. But, you know, very high concept... Yes. ...sort of um, tools the films are working yeah. with. Inception, at least, like, there was a human villain. Like, they, they took, yeah. like... the uh, What was his name? Cobb. Cobb, yeah, yeah. Cobb and his wife. Mm-hmm. That was, like one of the main obstacles of the film. He had to sort of make peace with his wife in order for them to be able to pull off the heist. They kind of found a way yeah. of working character conflict into the story. I mean, that is the fundamental thing of the film, is his wife is fucking things up because he hasn't reconciled with his guilt. Exactly, right? yeah. So you've got and, all, like, the big out-there action-y technical stuff, yeah. but it's still, like, working with character. And yes, I mean, Inception, you care about Leonardo DiCaprio's character. You yeah. care about the characters and you, you know, the, the interplay between like Tom Hardy and Joseph Gordon-Levitt is fun. And, yeah. you know, like they're well drawn, if not totally three-dimensional other than Cobb, they're fun to be around and you mm. get who those people are. Yes. By the time we get to Tenet, I didn't like the people. You know what I mean? Well, they're not people. That's the thing. They're, they're not, not people. people. No, I guess you're supposed to like... Uh... Not John Carroll Lynch. John David Washington? <laughs> no, it's not John Carroll Lynch. <laughs> it's not John Carroll Lynch. Yeah, I guess you're supposed yeah, to. Yeah, was, I was surprised to see Twisty the, Twisty the Clown as the main character of... Quite, uh, quite strange, <laughs> yeah. Tenet. Yeah. Um, or David Dellinger. <laughs> yes. His name, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah David Dellinger. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, John David Washington and... Not Robert Patrick. You haven't forgotten his name, surely. I have a little bit. Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Yeah. You can see where Robert Patrick came from. Yes. <laughs> so John Carroll Lynch and Robert Patrick. <laughs> I'd watch a time travel film with those two. Uh, Elizabeth Burton, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, but um, Robert Pattinson and John David Washington, I guess their chemistry is the heart of the film? Yeah, like their buddy kind of almost. Yeah. If you like. Yeah. Yeah. Because he cries when uh, Robert Pattinson's fate is revealed. Mm. And you're like, oh, right, the movie was supposed to, like, emotions and stuff. Yeah. But it didn't. No. Okay. I... Do not know everything that happens in Tenet. Okay. I, I didn't follow it. I didn't keep track of it. So then the question you ask yourself is, am I too stupid to understand it? Mm. Or did I not care enough to try understanding it? Okay. I would like to think that I am capable, intellectually capable, of understanding a mainstream sci-fi film. Okay. Which has to mean that I don't give a shit. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I feel like that's one thing that Nolan does do well, isn't it? He brings, like trickier not like you know when i say tricky concepts i don't mean like oh there's like a a moral complexity or like yeah yeah you know, it's not fraught it's no but like he takes abstract. like an idea like oh there's a heist within layers of a dream yes and he manages to mold that into something that's digestible to a mainstream audience mm-hmm. is time travel just one of those things that like you just can't get right there is no like digest i say that like Endgame kind of did it. Endgame did it. There are plenty of good time travel films that maybe the logic doesn't necessarily hold up. No. But you don't really care about that. Well, when we say that time travel, like, the the the, the sort of the conceit of Tenet is um, there are there is technology in mm. the future 
that allows you to invert objects. Yeah, invert entropy. Invert entropy. entropy. So um, you're always... Entropy is always occurring, Mm -hmm. i.e. you're always aging. Yeah. But sometimes you'll be moving... You'll be moving forwards through time as normal. Mm -hmm. But if you get inverted, you move backwards through time. Yes. So everything you're experiencing is going backwards, even though you yourself are always moving forwards. Mm -hmm. I think that's the idea of Tenet. So sort of like the action scenes, which are the highlight of the movie. Yeah. Because it's the one time where it feels like the film is doing what it's supposed to. Yeah. Um... Like, the action scenes are focused around people who are moving forwards and backwards within the same scene. Yeah. So... It's very clever. It's very cleverly done, yeah. So there's, like, a character... There's a car chase where half of the cars are moving backwards through time. Mm -hmm. And they're sort of trying to pass an object. And there's, a like, a clever little... um, I mean, the airport sequence is the best sequence in the film, right? Yes, it is. Both yeah. of them. Because it's a scene that happens in the film earlier on. And you're like, oh, this is just a scene that's getting the story going. Yeah. And then because the characters start moving backwards through time, they return to that scene. Yeah. And you find out that they are they are half of the participants in that sequence. Like, yeah. you didn't realize. There's a point where, like, the main character's fighting himself. Fighting himself, yeah, yeah. And that's, like, a reveal later on in the film. Yeah. Like, not even the main character knew that he was fighting himself. Yeah. Like, that stuff is, like, really clever. Mm-hmm. But is it just a bit? That's the. Is it a concept that's just a bit too? You can't make that digestible. If you're gonna have people moving for moving backwards and forwards simultaneously, can you make it like simple? I don't know if you can make it simple. I mean, yeah, re- realistically, yes. Like the the possibility exists that you can make that easy ish to understand. Mm. It takes a damn good writer to do it. Yes, like the best writers t- make complex things simple right rather yeah. than the other way around yeah yeah i unfortunately i think i'm probably the latter oh dear i probably take simple things and make them more complicated than they need to be yeah 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 uh, but i am sure that tenet if you worked it out on a graph and you got all the experts in it would it would be totally rigid it would make total sense hmm. but i would i my response to that is just to go oh well done right. like so what Okay. Yeah. yeah, you still there still needs to be characters. In yeah, there. I still, there still need needs to care. To be a story. Like, if ultimately you uh, you prioritize one thing, either the entertainment value or that it's logically sound. Mm. If if it comes down to one of two things, it's got to be the former. Yeah. I'm not saying you compromise the logic of your film for that, but it's the fact <sighs> that the film seems to be so obsessed with its with the logic with its own logic. Yeah, to the point where it's it spends the m- most of its not most of its but a lot of like the opening of the film is mm-hmm. the film trying to explain itself to you. Yes, I don't know if Tenet would have been better if it was like a if they kind of being John Malkovich did, right? Where it's like, oh, this is just this uh, like some objects are inverted, technology in the future. That's yeah, all you yeah, need yeah. to know. We don't need to go into the specifics of like you have to like in order for you to catch a bullet, you have to be you have to have been the one to drop it. Yeah. Like, the fact that the film is going into so much detail to try and get you to understand it. But I don't know whether it would have been better if it just went, "Uh, some shit moves backwards, let's catch bullets for the next two hours. That's the thing. It's an impulse I totally get because I couldn't do that. Mm. If I was writing Tenet, I couldn't bring myself to a point where you go, oh, just don't worry about it. As you've seen so many sci-fi scripts. Yes. I couldn't do that. It would need to make sense But when you're three scenes and 30 minutes deep into the film and you're still explaining it. Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. I I cut my losses. Yeah. But 
I understand the impulse that it's got to make sense, mm. right? It's all got to fit together. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to do the looper thing of, oh, just don't think about it, okay? Because no. that is a cop-out. Yeah, yeah. But still, there's a great video. I think it's Thomas Flight. We watched it. That kind of, it breaks down why Tanit was a failure, basically. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's to do with exposition, mainly. Yeah, just the abundance of it. And the fact that it doesn't, um, it's not even framed well. Like, it's yeah. just characters standing in scenes talking, as and opposed to... telling you they've realised things. Yeah. And you haven't gone through the emotional journey of them no. realising it. No, absolutely not. Uh, yeah, and all, the sound is shit. See, I didn't have a massive problem with the sound. Okay. Not a massive problem, but it was a problem. Maybe it was because there was nothing worth hearing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, we talked about, didn't we, that thing about Nolan has said, uh, we design our films with the best theatres in mind. Yes. And so, so if you go into a substandard screen, fuck you, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't deserve to hear Which my has, dialogue. Like, it's, it's a bit David Lynch, isn't it? Like, I, you know, I'm not going to put chapter titles in my DVDs. Yeah, you yeah. watch it in one sitting. Yes. It's like, okay, but... You know, Some compromise, sir. Th- there is no IMAX screening anywhere near where we live. Right. So you, you've just like... We're not, we're I'm, not like peasants, Nolan. We would see it in IMAX thinking, if we yeah, could, what but if, we can't. What if I'm not a pleb? I'm, I'm just not a cineast. I don't know the difference between... I, w- I really want to see your film and get it and enjoy it. Yeah. But I don't fucking know the difference between IMAX and no. a normal screening. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it looks crisper... Yeah. It's still the same film, though, yeah. you know? Yeah, you know? Uh, yeah, so I, can't, I don't like that sort of elitism. No, no, it's a bit disappointing. Yeah, that but I get it, though. Admitted it. I think, I think Nolan probably is conservative. Yeah. That's my, you know... Yeah, yeah. Uh, we would try to agree, obviously, but... There's that running through his films. There's definitely conservative. But, I mean, like, the only things you can really judge it against are Inception and Interstellar. Because everything else has been written with collaborators. Yes. And I think Jonathan Nolan is probably a big part of the reason why The Dark Knight is great and why The Prestige is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, but we have Inception. So, you know, it's not like... We do have Inception. It's not like he can't write characters. No. He's just chosen not to do that. <laughs> He's chosen not well, to even write. Interstellar, for all of people's problems with it, there is an emotional heart to that film. No, no. The problem with Interstellar, at least from what I remember, is the fact that it has an emotional heart to it after not having an emotional heart for the last two hours well it seems very like it's going to be sort of more Nolan-y where it's kind of cold and logical mm-hmm. and and then all of a sudden it kind of turns into a Spielbergian oh love is kind of the guiding force I don't know I mean it's been a while since I've seen it I mean his relationship with his daughter is the foundational thing of that film to yeah. be fair yeah, yeah I mean yeah that line was it love is the only thing that transcends Oh yeah, some bullshit. That's like unforgivable. That. Yeah, yeah. That is unforgivable. That's him not being able to reconcile the concept with the feeling. Mm. But yeah, like even that has got something. I mean, when McConaughey sobs as he watches them get older over the like that's great. That's mm. proper great cinema. Yeah. But there's I just didn't care about anybody in town. I thought John David Washington was kind of smug, weirdly. Okay. I just didn't like him. Rob Pattinson does I, his I best. I still don't feel like I've seen John David Washington act yet. He, there's a film out called Malcolm and Marie in which he acts. Not okay. brilliantly, but he he is acting. Bear in, bear in mind, I've seen Black Klansman as well. So yeah, I've yeah. seen him in like a context in a context where he would be acting. Yeah, and yet um, he doesn't. And I still don't feel like I've seen him act. Yeah. Yeah, but you, what was the film you said that he was good in? It's called Malcolm... I'm not saying he's good in it. Okay. Malcolm and Marie, where he is acting. Okay. And it was a surprise to see that. Okay. And he's not doing the kind of stoic uh, observer thing that yeah. he, he was... 
uh, quite effusive and mm. yeah, verbose. Okay. Do I have anything else to say about Tanner? Um, there was only one more thing I was going to say. Um, I don't quite know how to phrase the point. Okay. Maybe you can help me if you agree. Okay. If not, feel free to not help. All right. I guess. Podcasting. Podcasting. Um, Collaboration. We've talked about like the film's complexity and the fact that it's it's it has to take such it takes such a while to explain itself that it almost becomes not worth it. Yes. Because you just end up not following it anyway. Mm-hmm. And because there are no real there's no real character to it. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you want to follow. No. I mentioned, you know, Heath Ledger's uh, Joker earlier on in this discussion. Mm-hmm. Compare him to the villain in this film. Yeah. Just like, uh, uh, a, a bad Russian accent. Yeah, basically. He's in the human most form. generic villain possible. I just, I want to destroy, literally wants to dis- destroy the he world. He wants to destroy the world yeah. because he wants... Because fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. Because he's going to die so no one else can have it. Yeah, exactly. Ridiculous. Um, like, when he first turned up, I thought he was going to be like um, a transitionary bad guy. Like, he was going right. to be like the henchman or like a contact to the main okay. bad guy. Yeah. It's like, oh no, this is the main bad guy. Yes. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. And yeah. Just so my point was going to be, despite its complexity, it feels like one of the more simple, one of the simplest films he's done. In what way? Because it, it it feels like if you just strip away, um, the exposition and the concept and the fact that yeah, when you've got people running backwards and forwards through the same scene, it is a bit like oh okay, mm-hmm. I got to focus now. Strip all of that out. Tenet's basically just a straightforward action movie. It's basically just this guy has this mission to stop a villain from destroying the world. Mm-hmm. And it's it's basically just exposition, action scene, exposition, action scene. Right. There's no character. Yes. There's no metaphors that the film is playing with. There's no, like, heart, like, you know, yeah. thematic moral heart to the film. It's literally just... We're, we're setting up a heist right now. Now we're performing the heist. The heist is happening. Yes. In that sense, it's kind of like a... Not quite as simple as like Commando. <laughs> but it's sort of that... I know It's a saying. similar thing to that. Where it's yeah. just like... It's just a series of action scenes and then stuff between them. I just think it didn't have time for anything else. Like when, when it was done explaining itself. It's like three itself. hours though, right? Yeah, I know. But like of all justifying itself. Mm. You know? Yeah. There was no time for colour or... Um, subplots or subtext no. or meaning or yeah. value yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I think there's an irony to that that like one of uh, what people are uh, you know they're accusing it of being one of his most like needlessly complex films yeah. going and it's probably one of his most simplest yeah yeah I think that's everything we have to say about that's it okay do we recommend it oh god I I don't know I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I don't know who the audience is for it. Well, people who like um, action films. But it doesn't. It, it's not a good action movie, though, is it? I guess the people who liked Inception. Like, they would like Tenet. But we liked Inception. We did. I'm talking about who the audience is supposed to be, not, you know. Oh, it's supposed to be. they like it Okay, okay. No, who who is the audience? Like, if we were going to recommend it to anybody, yeah. who would it be? I can't think of anybody. I guess the people who liked Inception. But we are those people. We are those people. No, 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 my point is, Sam. (laughs) Yes. As people who liked Inception. Yes. You didn't like Tenet, and I'm really on the fence about it. Right. Because I really like the action scenes. I think they're very well done. Yeah. And I, based on what people were saying about this film, I was expecting it to be terrible. Okay. 
and I didn't think it was terrible. Right. I just, I just didn't think anything of it okay. at the end of the day. Yes. Also, yeah, this film is nearly three hours long, and in fairness to it, it didn't feel like a three-hour watch. Okay. I, I'm not saying that like the time flew by, mm-hmm. but I didn't struggle through the three hours. Okay. Which I was expecting to. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the point I'm making is... People who didn't like Inception, it's probably not worth bothering with. Right. People who did like Inception, you have the best chance. I see what you're saying. Of okay. Liking Tenet. Okay. Do you All agree right. with that? Yeah, fair enough. If you didn't like Inception, you're not going to like Tenet. No. If you did like Inception, there is a slim chance you might <laughs> like Tenet. There's a chance you might. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Okay. Right. Soul. Okay. Soul. Okay. Go. Soul is a film. It is. By. Disney Pixar's Pixar. Pixar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good. It's pretty good, yeah. 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 It doesn't scrape the highs of Pixar. No. Not much does. No. Um, yeah, with the sort of understanding that no Pixar film is going to reach the heights of The Incredibles mm-hmm. and like Toy Story, and I'd put Monsters Inc. up, as there, mm-hmm. up there as well. Finding Nemo as well. Mm-hmm. With the understanding that no Pixar film is ever going to be that good again. Well, I hope not. You hope... That, I hope that's not the case. You hope that's not yeah, the yeah, case, yeah. yeah. At the moment, it doesn't seem to be the case, though, right? No. So with that understanding, there's like a second... You've got those films, which are great. Yes. And then you've got, like, underneath that, there's another level. There's Toy Story 4. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is it Toy Story 4? I didn't like is it, it as much as level? Toy Story 4, but it's certainly in that camp, yeah. Okay. It's in that bracket. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, people will know the plot, I would have thought. It's about a guy who... A jazz pianist yeah. who dies unexpectedly mm. and then kind of is try, ends up in the afterlife and is trying to return to his earthly body. Yes. Well, the thing that I didn't like about it, maybe it was deliberate, the design of the afterlife. Okay. I, comparisons to Inside Out have been made by other people. Yes. Like, this is a companion piece to Inside Out the same way that Inception is to Tenet. Okay, yeah. I think... Yeah. Have I made a good observation there? That Yeah, you could say that. Validate me. <laughs> I'm validating you. Good. Yes. That's what I wanted. Okay, good. The audience aren't going to do it. So no. I'm, I'm relying upon well, there you. Well, there is no audience. No. Audience, show up. Yeah. Validate me. Um, well, we did recently find out someone listened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't, per- remember, I can't remember who now. A person that... Oh, that you went to Yeah, a person I went to university. Yeah, yeah. Hello, person. Hello, person. I <laughs> didn't realise that people I knew at some point... Yeah, would listen. ...would yeah, end yeah. up listening to the podcast, but yay. Yeah. You know, every, 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 every little helps. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Call back. Or is it? Or is it? It is. As the... <laughs> Um, now nah, I lost the thread what am I saying soul soul no 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 I was making it's a, point. a companion piece to yeah, Inside Out that wasn't really the afterlife right. design yeah the afterlife yeah. design yes so it was sort of it felt like that it felt like uh, like an alternate like it could have been like alternate designs for the world of Inside Out yeah I mean even Inside Out on the rewatch I remember thinking it's actually quite bland the design it, yes. it's sort of uniform and without detail you know kind of it's just shelves with balls on them yeah that aspect of it is yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when they end up in like the like uh, cloud town yeah it gets better like, then, yeah but. there are certain places which are yeah. good like but, the hub you know yeah. maybe like because the, the animation of the real world is fantastic it's probably their best animation right it's probably the best animation I've seen if you're just film. talking on a technical level yeah 
yeah, it's like like Toy Story Four was very well animated, but I re- I distinctly remember think thinking, mm-hmm. God, the lighting in this film is amazing. Yeah, it was so rich. Yeah, it and, looked lit. Yeah, you know, it looked like <laughs> yeah, it looked lit. Yeah, yeah. It was so tangible. The lighting is like I've been in places that have been lit like that. Yeah, and this is sort of like the next step beyond that, where it's like he's moving like a person. Yeah, just like he the way he's sort of like moving his hands when he's idle, or like. Just the close-ups of him playing the piano. It's like, I've seen people play the piano like that. Yeah. And maybe it's a kind of genius, you know, the Wolf of Wall Street. That There's that defense that it's meant to be excessive. Yeah. It's meant to be long and just dunk you in the vat of, mm. you know, greed. Yes. Um, you can make a similar argument about that they've deliberately made the afterlife quite unappealing. Because mm. you want to get, like him, you want to get back to reality. Yeah, because kind of. My experience was I really want to get back to the richness of that animation. I want to get back to the real world. Yes. You know? I will say I really like the designs of, like, the Jerry's. Those, okay. like, sort of two-dimensional people. They're, yeah. They're basically just, like, squiggly lines. Yes. Um, in the shape of people. They're yeah. Kind of like, they're kind of, like, impressions of humanoid figures. Yes. But they were really appealing. I really liked them. Did Weird hearing Graham Norton? Very strange cheering. Yeah. Do you know what? Weirdly, I saw. I I can't remember the guy. I can't remember the YouTuber. So I apologize for not being able to credit him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was it him? Um, <laughs> no, he, you never know. Well, no, I think it, it. It sounded like a guy. Okay. I apologize right. if you're not a guy, but I'm pretty sure you were a guy. Um, yeah, he did a video on um, redubbing in uh, certain regions, and not nec- not uh, uh, redubbing across language barriers, just, like, between the US and the UK. Right, okay. So, like, in Cars, in the original Cars, for example, Jeremy Clarkson did a voice in the UK version. Right. And in the US version, it was played by uh, somebody else, maybe Larry David. Okay, right. I'm not quite sure who the guy was, because obviously we grew up with the UK version. There's also, like, in Shrek 2, one of the characters, like, like, incidental characters that for some reason are just completely redubbed. Okay. I assume for, like, the cultural... Yeah, like, so like oh, 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 I that, recognize that cameo would mean more to an American. Yeah. Like, like Jonathan Ross or something being in Shrek 2. Like, that would be redubbed. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah, he was one of the examples Oh, really? Well. Okay. Yeah, like, okay. his voice is completely different right. overseas. Yeah. Um, and, like, there's a character, I think it's near the climax of Shrek 2, where they're sort of... There, it's the the final event at um, far far away that Shrek is trying to make right. his way back to. Yeah, and like the it's it's styled as like a um, e entertainment like coverage yeah. of the Oscars. Yes, and the host is very much like she's stylized to look like Joan Rivers. Mm-hmm. I think in the American version she's actually voiced by Joan Rivers. Right, but in the UK she's not. We know Joan Rivers. Yeah, that's kind that, of it, that is weird. Yeah. Um, the point is, he made the point in the video. He said, "I watched Soul recently." Uh, I hear Graham Norton's voice and I was like oh this is going to be another example of my video and it's not right so it's, he said he found it very strange that Graham Norton was just the voice of that character okay I, is he I think, think he is yeah because I mean Graham Norton is known in America yeah. I don't know how popular he is but I mean he was on Colbert like he's on he's been on chat shows and stuff yeah I feel like Americans like that's their right like Oh, the British uh, show Graham Norton. Like, yeah. I know that show. Yeah, yeah, like BBC America or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think he made the point as well that it seems to be going away. Graham Norton is is sort of evidence to suggest that that redubbing across regions is going away now. Yeah, I think so. Because I assume, as you said, like, we know who Joan Rivers is. We don't need you to redub the films. For well, us. the global culture, 
You know? Yeah. There is no American or British culture really anymore. No. It's all just Facebook. No, exactly. Um, but yes, it's very, very strange to hear Graham Norton. Yeah. I don't feel like the character lent itself to that voice. Not quite. Because um, he's supposed to be like a... He's, he's a pirate, right? Well, in the afterlife, he's a pirate. Or it's not quite the afterlife. Well, Graham Norton is, you know, a, a, a butt pirate. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Sam, if we if we uh succeed at what we want to do in life, we may end up on the Graham Norton show. No, we won't. <laughs> no. Or writers on the Graham Norton show. Well, I don't know. Here's, <laughs> here's the writer and editor. Of the, <laughs> yeah. So no one gives a shit about us. I don't know. Like, okay, well, like, what if we make a thing? Like, oh, you direct it, I'll, and like we end up on a thing. I think I've seen maybe two or three directors on Graham Norton in okay. its entire history. Right. And you're talking Quentin Tarantino. You know, what, directors what if, who are okay, stars. Okay, what if you succeed as a singer? And and you get booked to do the Graham right. Norton. You're gonna be And you're also on there. For some reason, for some yeah. Reason. <laughs> in the band. You're in the band. No, like oh the, the the band, blah blah blah, and the guy who did their music video, I guess. The guy, yeah, the guy who added the music video. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, you're gonna be on the Graham Norton show because you're like a British up and coming band. Right. And he like he he does those occasionally in between yeah, like, yeah. you know, the American ones that people actually know. Mm-hmm. And this is gonna be clipped. And you're gonna have to answer for your for yourself. I call him a butt pirate. Yeah. Well, I like to see him deny it. <laughs> He's famously a butt pirate. Homosexual. Well, Graham Norton, I suppose I'll put that in so that he can end the clip there. <laughs> so that gives him like a smooth transition into yeah. his little... Well, are you, Graham? Are you? <laughs> I just imagine that on the show, like him playing that. Like, that was quite, that was quite unkind. Me just going, disprove it. <laughs> yeah. prove, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, Graham yeah. Norton. Yes, so in the in the sort of afterlife, he's a pirate, but in real life, he's he's like a well, he's he's he has bongos and smokes weed and is yes. disheveled. And yes, he's one of those. Yes, not Graham Norton. No, yeah, no. it's it's a bit miscasting there, which is strange because like everyone else is pretty well cast. I thought, yeah, it's quite a good voice cast. I mean, like you've got um, obviously like you know Jamie Fox. I I don't think like oh yeah he's like perfect for the mm. role but he is I feel like his voice works for that character yeah he played Ray Charles you know yeah yeah exactly uh, Tina Fey she works for yeah they kind of justified a little bit in the film it's like oh I specifically chose this voice to annoy people right I'm not saying that like Tina's <laughs> Tina Fey's voice is annoying <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I'm saying that like they kind of it wasn't just stunt casting like they kind of tried to justify yeah, yeah. their choices within the character and even just like the 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 Jerry's in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know the name of the voice actress for the first one we encounter. You know, like, Quiet Coyote, that one. Yeah, I can't remember. But it's such a, like, soothing voice. Yes. Given, like, uh, what that function that character is supposed to serve. Like, she basically looks after the souls of those who are yet to be born. Yeah. She's, like, she runs a nursery, basically. Like, this cosmic, abstract nursery. Yeah. It's sort of the perfect voice for that. Because I was immediately react- uh, relaxed. You know what I listening to it. recently saw? It was a, it was a Ben Shapiro video, and he was talking about films that are uh, conservative, even if they don't know it. Okay, and he brought up Souls because it outright well it doesn't imply or outright shows uh, Souls before birth, mm. implying that. Oh, okay. You know. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they probably didn't even. No, that. I wouldn't have thought so. I don't think it's a pro life argument. No, no, no. <laughs> no it's not. Um, especially since like. 
the main soul because like yeah he goes to the afterlife he wants to find his way back to earth and he find like he teams up with a soul uh who's yet to be born mm-hmm. who doesn't want to be born yes she's like i don't want to be born i'm happy where i am mm-hmm. so you help me like fulfill these conditions that allow me to get to the earth and then i'll let you go instead mm-hmm. so i don't know if that would be like a like a counter to the fact that you know oh this soul doesn't want to be born where does that fall in the pro-life pro-choice Oh, that's that's a pre-abortion, isn't it? That's, yeah, <laughs> it's aborting itself. It's aborting itself. Yeah, um, yeah. I yeah. I, thinking about it though, isn't it funny how like those positions have marketed themselves? So it's pro-life. Mm. So what's the alternative to that? Choice. I, yeah, you know, and we are we a pro-choice, not pro-death. No, not pro-abortion. <laughs> yeah, I love the euphemism of because here's the thing. Like, it's a bit of a diversion, obviously, but. Yeah, they know that they can't say pro-abortion. Mm. It just sounds callous. And, yes. But this thing, I've always said, like, going forward, because my views on abortion have kind of shifted and they sort of are ever-shifting. Mm. I am now begrudgingly an advocate up to a certain point. Okay. But my caveat has always been, you know, like with the George Floyd stuff, mm. my, my rule was, if I'm going to argue with anyone about it, they, like, at the start of the conversation, if I ask them the question is the murder, are all the murders that have happened in the wake of his death also wrong? Yeah. And if they said, or if they, if they refused to answer, I wouldn't have the conversation with them. Okay. It's with my abortion, my thing is, if you're unwilling to concede on at the outset that it's killing something, mm. instead of wrapping it all in euphemisms, it's terminating the pregnancy. Yeah, yeah. Is it killing something? Yeah. Then I won't bother having the conversation. Right? Okay, but I just love how they've marked themselves. It's, we are pro life, yeah, and we are pro choice. <laughs> you know? Yes. Anyway, uh, so uh, it's like hour and a half, right? It's not a massively long yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's a quick little romp. Yeah, I I I obviously I must have seen a trailer for it because I sort of knew I knew that idea that like it's it's this jazz musician who dies, yeah, and he wants to get back. So I don't know if this is like the trailer was being conservative in what it was showing. Right. Or I just forgot about okay. this film before I got to it. Yeah. But, like, after he dies, because he dies, like, pretty quickly. Yeah. I think, like, 10, 15 minutes in, that idea, like, oh, it's a guy who's died and he's trying to get back to life. Like, that's happened. Yes. And, like, 20 minutes in, they're sort of doing, like, okay, this is the final thing we can try. It's mm-hmm. like, how quick is this film going to be? Yeah. And then it sort of, it does that. And then they sort of, they go... These are all spoilers, obviously. Yeah. Um, he, like, finds a way back to his body. So he, like, goes about it, accidentally drags the soul yet to be born. 23. We'll call it 23. Mm-hmm. That's the character name. Drags 23 with him. Mm-hmm. And 23 ends up in his body, and he ends up in the body of a cat. Yes. And that's most of the film. It's yeah. like this weird body swap comedy thing, which yeah. I was not expecting at all. I, uh, Yeah, I think I saw a trailer. I don't think it showed that. Mm. I don't think it even showed the afterlife, maybe. Okay. I could be wrong there, but my memory of when the afterlife happened, going, oh, all right. Yeah. We're doing that we're here now. quickly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, nice, simple little film. It doesn't break the mold. No. A nice little message at the end, you know? Mm. Yeah, nice, I think, is the word for soul. Yes. Yeah, I remember... Yeah, well, my point was going to be when, when the body swap thing happened. Yeah. I was like, oh, I was not expecting this. Yeah. I'm kind of into it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I want to see where this is going. Yeah, yeah. And then, obviously, the, the point is that 23 has to basically act as him. 
Yes. It's like, right, we have to exist in this state for a certain amount of time before things can be put right. Mm-hmm. So you have to pretend to be me. I'll coach you on being alive, mm-hmm. basically. Yes. Um, and 23, obviously being a curious individual, mm-hmm. is sort of like, she's not exactly listening to him, but she sort of ends up like reconciling all of the problems in his life. Yeah. Like he he has a student in school who's passionate about music, but she's embarrassed by it. Yeah. And 23 sort of accidentally talks her back into sticking with music. Mm-hmm. They go to the hairdressers and like he, 23, has a conversation with the barber and the barber's like, you know what? I'm glad we finally talked about something else today. I feel closer to you now. Yes. As, as soon as that happens, like, oh, this is what the film is. Yeah. It's clear what the film is doing now. And mm-hmm. it became, I, it was just very comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Because even though there was that initial surprise of, I really don't know where this is going. When it became clear what the film was doing, it was like, oh, this is nice. It's, yeah, like Pixar have that especially, but it's just nice when you're watching a film and you think, ah, oh, it's got me. Yeah. Like, I'm safe with this film, you know? Mm. Certain actors can provide that, but it's good when a film does. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, you know, uh, I think it's their most mature film. Yeah. You know, the main character is just a, a black guy in his He's got like 40s, a like a, like a dad bod, like a beard. Yeah, yeah. He's just almost. a guy. Yeah. Um, like, the <laughs> he's, he's teaching, like, a, a music class, and... Um, the like the head of the school pulls him out and she's like you're now our permanent teacher yeah and he looks really depressed it's like oh, this is how we're meeting our main character <laughs> yeah in yeah this film. it's great yeah and i think it, it does it would appeal to kids as well yeah because it does have that wacky kind of element to it it does and i don't feel like that you know don't follow your dreams because your dreams aren't all that yes I, I don't feel like that's um kids are gonna come away from the film uh, th- feeling a bit bummed out. No, no, it's a happy, it's a happy ending. Yeah, because yeah. it's not. Yeah, I was. I, that was a bit deliberately kind of um, reductive of me to say like, oh, the film's message is your dreams. I ain't worth shit. Mm-hmm. Just like, don't bother. Yes, it's not quite that. It, the point is that he has been like single-mindedly chasing his dream. Monomaniacal. Yes, and he forgot to live his life. He forgot to live. Yeah. So do that. Go out. Live. I refer I refer you to the song Vienna by Billy Joel. Okay. That that encapsulates that idea. Okay. I guess I'll listen to it later. Okay. You can listen to it now if you want listeners. Do we're, it. Not, we're not gonna play it. No. We, we can. can't we can't do that. No. But we can't do that. If we could, we would. Yeah. But we can't. Yeah. No. Uh should we talk about Sound of Metal? Okay. 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 It's a horror film, isn't it? <laughs> I think that's I said to you I've seen that in the comment section of every trailer I don't read that dross no but like that's that doesn't seem to be a um, a lot of people seem to think that although yeah. they, they they think of it more through the prism of oh if you're a drummer this is a horror film oh I see whereas you're just saying no this is a horror film yeah it's a horror film going deaf yeah is yeah um, I mean I have that kind of anxiety anyway the mm. idea of like slowly going blind or deaf or yeah that is just like sits with me mm. you know what I mean um, I mean the film kind of messes with your senses I mean oh, there are yes. points where the sound cuts out and you think right is that me or the, is yeah, that the film there are like um, large like, I won't say large but there are certain like there are times in the film where multiple scenes will go by mm-hmm. where not a single character talks and not a single sound happens yeah you are just like experiencing the film 
in complete silence, as the main character is. Yeah. It's a deliberate technique that they use. Do you, you suffer with tinnitus a little bit, right? A little bit, yeah. yeah. And me too, a little bit. Like, in, in the past, well, like, medications have made it flare up and stuff. Mm. So whenever something, like, I'm watching a TV show and the sound suddenly cuts out. Yeah. I do always think, am I, I always have to go, uh yeah so i can hear myself it's you know? a little do you know my mum um actually she suffers with it a lot worse than i do yeah to the point where i think we i can't quite remember we were talking about this the other day and we couldn't remember exactly what the film was i think it was baby driver okay because baby driver starts with the sound of tinnitus doesn't it yes that's the idea of the film is the main character suffers with tinnitus so he's constantly listening to music yeah to drown it out mm-hmm. hence the central gimmick that the entire film is happening to, uh, in time with the soundtrack yeah because that's just how he lives his life so yeah, the film opens with tinnitus. Yeah. And it's shrill. The sound of tinnitus mm. is shrill. And we all picked up on it. We're like, oh God, that's that doesn't sound nice at all. Yeah. And my mom was like, what, what are you talking about? Oh, because she just thought it was... Not yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know whether it just cancelled... Her tinnitus cancelled it out. Yeah. Or whether it's just... She can't... It's like a re- frequency that she yeah, can't... Yeah, she doesn't yeah, register yeah. the frequency anymore. But we were like rewinding it and playing it. She was going, complete silence. I can't hear anything. Right. Or at least I can't hear... Yeah. The sound that you're saying is playing. Oh, know. There was a few, about a month, I think I told you about this, a month or two ago, Mother and I were watching something and I had the laptop hooked up to the TV with the HDMI cable mm. and all of a sudden, just this piercingly horrible, yeah. right? And like beyond tinnitus, because mm. like tinnitus, it's horrible, but it doesn't hurt that badly. Depending, mm, d- depending. Not, yeah, not all the time. Yeah. Not, not not at the level I have it anyway. Yes, for me, it's just ringing. Okay. I, it doesn't hurt, right? Mm. This hurt, and it loud. You know, like those alarms they've got for young people? Yeah. Like, it was like that, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Worse. And I said to her, oh, fuck, what's that? And she went, what? She couldn't hear it, right? And mm. I was like, you can't hear that. So all of a sudden, I start getting worried, like, oh, fuck, it's me. It's yeah. something's blown. I've got it. So I walked outside... And it got quieter and quieter. I was like, okay. Mm. Walked back inside and it got louder. I was like, right, it's not me. Mm. And then eventually, like the HDMI was slightly just not quite in. Right, and it was okay. producing this weird sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just took it out and it stopped. And it was the biggest panic I've had in a long time. It's like, because <laughs> she couldn't hear it. Mm. Could not hear it. I was like, you can't hear that. It was unfathomable to me that she couldn't hear it. Mm. But I think she was just of a certain age or whatever. Just She just... Well, that frequency she didn't pick up. That's on it. how those alarms work, right? Yeah, like yeah. You you so you lose certain frequencies the older you get. Yeah. So they they chant they they tune the alarm to a frequency that only like twenty somethings can hear. Yeah, yeah. The idea being that they don't uh, congregate outside the building. Yeah, and she just couldn't. It, it like kind of escaped her, mm. and so it just oh the dread that I felt like oh my god what is this? <laughs> well, that's so, the thing. Like because in this film, obviously the the premise of the film is that there is a heavy metal drummer mm-hmm. who heavy metal drums. Yes. And through years of heavy metal drumming, he goes deaf. Yeah. Now in the film, I'm just willing to write this off as a conceit because I have seen this like as a criticism in a couple of reviews. Right. But I'm just chalking up to dramatic conceit. Okay. He goes deaf pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. It's almost instant. Like he has, he goes pretty deaf, mm-hmm. goes to the doctors. They say, your, your hearing's mostly gone. Yes. And... Because he doesn't want to give up drumming, he goes drumming again, and that kills it off almost completely. Yeah, I when I watched it, it did occur to me, I think this is happening quicker than it usually would. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, people, I'm sure, can go deaf instantly. Yeah. One, like, explosion next to your head or whatever, and it's gone. It's yeah. fucked forever. 
Yeah, but it, for him, it's like degenerative, isn't it? It's, yeah. It just... Is it because of the drumming? Yeah, I think so. It is because of the drumming. Yeah, it would take longer than that. Yes. But yeah, it's a conceit. They've spared it up, whatever. Yeah, which yeah. is fine. Because I think that's that's one of the scary things about going deaf, isn't it? Is that it could take... Again, going back to the analogy of um, boiling a frog. The slow like, death. The slow death, yeah. You go deaf so slowly yeah. that by the time you realise you're going deaf, it's already too late. Yeah. That's what's scary about it. And yeah. the film loses that sort of insidious creeping horror. Okay, yeah. But in favour of like a, oh God, I'm fucked. There's nothing I can do about this. Yeah, yeah. Out yeah. of the blue. Yeah, just immediately. It's over. Which is sort of like that, as I'm getting older, that's sort of a, a, a concept, a broad concept that I'm I'm leaning, I'm liking more. Right. In, in just media in general. It's just this idea of like, this thing has just happened and people have to deal with it now. Right. You know, yeah. like, oh, the world, you know, the world ended. You, you, you just have to live with it now. Yeah. Or, you know, like this guy, you, you're just deaf. Your life is you have to deal with that. Deal you're with deaf it. now. Yeah. What does the character do? Yeah, sure. And that is sort of the film, isn't it? It's this guy goes deaf. What does he do? What yeah. does he do about it? What can he do about yeah. it? Yeah. What does one do? What does one do? Yeah. Well, so Paul Racy, I'm going to assume that's how his name is pronounced. I would assume so as well. Uh, he plays the... What would you say his job is? He's kind of a, a he, deaf counsellor, I suppose. Yeah, he yeah. kind of runs a... This is what I was initially confused by, because um, Riz Ahmed plays the main character. Yeah. He goes deaf, um, and he has a cigarette, and his bandmate, played by Olivia Cook, mm-hmm. who we'll get to, mm-hmm. um, she calls up his sponsor, I think, yeah. because he had a cigarette. Right. I think the idea being that, oh, this might be a sign that he's relapsing. A trigger, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we need to send him to a facility where that he can deal with the fact that he's relapsing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether I just I just didn't pick up on something or if this is how the film plays out, but it seems to transition into him moving into a care home that specifically deals with deaf, pe- deaf people. Yeah. Sort of without indication. Yeah. We go from him needing counselling to him needing help being deaf. Yeah. Without... Uh, uh, indication that that's what's happening. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's yeah, that's what Paul Racy's function is. He runs this care home for um, newly deaf people and people who have lived with this. You know. Yeah. Now he's racked up a few awards. Riz Ahmed has as well. Like he's almost certainly be up for an Oscar. Yeah. And Paul Racy's racked up quite a few. His right. His performance isn't. It's not typically awardsy. I would say no. It's just, it's a very quiet performance. It's barely a performance. Yes, yeah. But there was something about his presence, the the aura he exuded, mm. that made me think, Sam, if you go deaf, you're going to be all right. Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely. Like, if, 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 you, if, you, if you're with Paul Racy, yeah, yeah. you'll be fine. But like, it, to the point where it kind of, it, it flowered beyond him. Mm. Where it was just, there are things you, there are avenues. Yeah. You're going to be all right. You know what and I mean? And it's sort of like, it was it was messianic that he he was basically Christ in that film. For yeah, me, absolutely. Which I think he is for everyone, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like the thing I really liked about his performance, in a way, it sort of reminds me of um, uh, Mark Rylance's performance in um, Trial of Chicago, Trial of Chicago yeah. Seven. Because I said at the time, like he's not doing anything, mm-hmm. but he's clearly a person. Yeah, like it's, sure. it's 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 a distinct performance, but there's nothing I can point to and go, "That's a performance. That's a yeah. work. That's a trait. That's whatever." And it's sort of the same with Paul Racy. Like he's not. It doesn't feel like he's putting anything into it. It's well, not like oh, he's trying to be yeah. this like overly sweet 
kind of guy. He's not like um, saying these things with this air of like cynicism. He's, it's not as if he's looking down on Riz Ahmed. Yeah. He's just delivering it in the most comforting yeah, genuinely just, comforting way possible. He's just a competent guy. Yeah. Know? I don't know who Paul Racy is. I don't even know if he's an actor. I think he is. He is an actor. Yeah. I've never seen him in anything before. Okay. Um, Like, my assumption watching it was he's a guy that does this for a living that they've got they've, they've got to be in the film. Okay. I think he um he's more known in theatre. I could be wrong there. Is he a deaf actor? No, but he's fluent in sign language. He's fluent in sign language. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? Like that such was the honesty of that performance that it just felt like because they do that in films sometimes, right? Like United ninety three, they got the actual air traffic controller guy yeah. of the day. What's the um the Clint Eastwood film that he directed? Which one? Something on a train or something on a bus? Oh, like fifteen eighteen to Paris or something yeah, like that. Yeah, where yeah. it was the actual soldiers that the story actual based sol- on played yeah. themselves. Yeah. He felt like that. He okay. felt like a guy who just does this job that they thought they they did a casting call for act, you know people who could do sign language or deaf mm. or whatever, and he went along on like oh fuck it might as well yeah yeah and they just saw like an energy in him they're like yeah he'll work mm. it actually surprises me that he's an actor which is the best compliment I could give him yeah you know yeah yeah no he's great he should get an Academy Award nomination he's, I don't know if he will he was the biggest surprise to me because here's where we we talk about what we thought of Sound Metal yeah I really I don't. I was watching most of Sound of Metal thinking, I don't think I like this. Oh, right, okay. Initially, I was sort of writing it off as like, oh, maybe I just don't like these types of films. Okay, dramas. Well, not not necessarily (laughs) dramas. Just like, this is a very naturalist film, isn't it? Yes. It's so, there's so little artifice to it. Well, it's from, at least partially, the mind of Derek Chanfrance, who did Blue Valentine and The Place Beyond the Pines, mm. which are very naturalistic films. Yeah. Um, and this has been on the boil for... I remember hearing about this film maybe 10 years ago. Mm. It's been a while, a long time coming. And when it was announced that there was a film coming out about a heavy metal drummer going deaf, I remember thinking, isn't that the Derek Chanfrance film? Right, okay. And then it saw it was different writer and director, but he's credited with story. Okay. So, it's still that same thing. I see. Yeah, like you were talking about Bad Genius and you said you, you like that high, kind of high concept stuff. Mm. I'm not as enamored with that stuff. Okay. Like that's been a difference between us, right? Mm. Whereas you're less enamored with just kind of low-key dramas. Yeah. And I'm a bit more, a little bit more inclined towards them. Mm. They've still got to have something going on, you know, but like I'm more open to them, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. And I think it was the fact that it was so minimal kind of took me by surprise. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, I've used this comparison in a different context before, but, like, this film is about a heavy metal drummer in the same way that Drive is about a stunt driver. Okay. Like, the fact that he's a heavy metal drummer after the first, like, ten minutes, mm-hmm. it doesn't really inform the film at all. It's right. not like this film takes place in the world of heavy metal. No, no, no. It's not as if, like, he's... It's um, not Whiplash. No, it's not Whiplash. Yeah. He's, it's not as if he... I mean, he doesn't listen to heavy metal at all. No. Like, in the beginning, like, when they're still doing gigs, he's, like, listening to classical music or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it doesn't feel like the... Yeah, it doesn't feel like that's reflected at all in the mm-hmm. in the aesthetic of the film or in the language of the film, which yeah. I was disappointed by. Okay. I was expecting more of that, and the fact that that wasn't the case made me... Initially, I was like, oh, this, you know, this is made by people who don't like heavy metal. <laughs> okay. Um, it's barely heavy metal 
It's her just saying shit. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. It's more doom metal, isn't it? It's. Oh yeah, there's no lyrics to it. No, no. It's it's just. Yeah, she's not even. Yeah, she's not even playing. She's just strumming it. Yeah, yeah. It's and just then sound. like the echo of the strum is the music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As she all... just kind of screeches. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although credit to Olivia Cook for doing the screams. Uh, did, I think she does. Did she do it? I don't know, but credit it, credit that I didn't know it was her. Yes, I think in the soundtrack she's credited with those songs. Okay, as is he. Like they actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them. Oh, it's cl- yeah clear that he obviously learned how to play drums. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that opening scene where it's you know just kind of panning in on him on the drums. Which is a great opening shot, isn't it? Mm. And the way it's lit and everything. Yeah, yeah. It is the iconic. Yeah, that's the thing. thing. Like, I think that shot misled me. It misled you, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it it did me as well. Like, I thought the film would be a bit more focused, but I didn't mind that it wasn't. Okay. Uh, yeah, and then it cuts to her doing her thing, mm. and I just thought, oh, that's just some weird random chick. Yeah. Yeah, they've, yeah. I did not know it was her. No. Um, it's a good performance. It is a good performance. Yeah. I kind of like. It's going to seem like a weird... I know what you're going to say. Yeah, it's going to seem like a weird point, but yeah. it's one that I wanted to make nonetheless. Yes. Um, Olivia Cook, she's a rather attractive woman. She isn't is. She? She's quite a rather attractive woman. Rather. Um, and in the beginning of the film, she is made up in such a way where her attractiveness is not immediately apparent. Yes. Like she's wearing... She's dressed like a, like a heavy metal... Mm-hmm. Like she's got like these like weird bleached uh, yeah. eyebrows, so she doesn't look like she's got any eyebrows. Yeah. And she's wearing like ill-fitting clothing, like big boots, but also like baggy t-shirts. And, mm-hmm. and she looks like she hasn't washed for a while. Yes. Um, but she's not ugly. No. And I kind of I remember I remember thinking when I was watching it, I don't feel like I see that much. Yeah. Like you have you have. Attractive actresses playing attractive people. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty common thing to see. Mm-hmm. You also get attractive actresses playing ugly people. Which is a different form of vanity. Exactly. Yeah. You ran about award season, like, oh my God, uh, Anne Hathaway shaved off all of her hair for Lemis. How stunning and brave. Yeah. Look at her, she put on 10 pounds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It's, it's still ego, but as you say, it's a very different yeah. type of ego. I've never seen a film, I, and it might just be a testament to like, I don't watch these types of films. But I've never seen a film where they've gone like, right, you're a nine. Mm-hmm. We're going to bring you down to like a six. Yeah, no, it is rare. I yeah. mean, it's uh, the closest you get to that is naturalistic films where they don't put too much makeup on the performers. Yeah. That's kind of it. I think I mentioned when you first brought it up to me, Claire Danes on Homeland, which just looks like a person. Yeah. You know, yeah, she yeah. is an attractive woman, but they haven't... Well, I, you know. I remember saying the night because um, what's the name of the... Uh, the the Persian woman that she brings over to help her in series four, Farah. Farah. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're sort of they're trying to get to somebody. They're trying to turn him so that they can get to like the main bad mm-hmm. guy. Um, and he has an opportunity to be intimate with Farah. Yes. And he passes that up due to his skepticism, and he ends up with Claire Danes. Yes. I was like, you missed the trick there, buddy. <laughs> because like, see, I picked Claire Danes. No, no, but that's the thing. Yeah. Like, I, I imagine, like, in a way, it was sort of deliberate. Like, Claire Danes is just, yeah, they they wanted to make her just look like a woman. Mm-hmm. Like, she works in this very high pressure environment. Yeah. She doesn't pay much attention to, yeah, you know, maintaining herself yeah. to the point where when you get to the finale of Homeland and she has applied makeup. It's like jarring. Almost. Yes, weird. It's so strange. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm sure they spend a lot of time like 
oh, that makeup suits you, Claire Danes. Mm-hmm. But just the presence of makeup on her. Yeah, no, it's weird. It looked wrong. And that, but that's good because it, it shows it's ill-fitting for the character. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a scene in season one where like things have just all f- fucked up for her. Mm. And she decides, oh, fuck, I'm going to go out and just get smashed and have a one-night stand. Mm. And she very kind of sloppily just throws on, like, a dress and puts some makeup on. And it it seems ill-fitting. Like, she, it's not right with her. Yeah. And that's a function of the character, not her. Because Claire Danes on the red carpet completely fits in. Mm. In the dress and the makeup, you know. Yes. But, yeah, through that character, it doesn't work. No. Which is good. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, you're right. I, I've never seen an actor's attractiveness slightly diminished yeah 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 because she's not and like at the end of the film they do she is olivia cook again yeah she is like attractive olivia cook again so it was obviously an intent it's not like you know oh this is just the way we've done the character it's like oh this was an intentional choice that we made her slightly less attractive yeah yeah so good on you maybe it's like that it's like an inverse trick you know that thing of um if you want to make a character instantly unlikable have them like eat an apple Right. You know? Or like, if you want to make a character instantly seem weird, have them drinking milk. Mm. It just like touches something deep in our subconscious that we don't like. Mm. Um, Maybe with with that, it was was subconsciously improving your opinion of the film because they made it hotter at the end. So at the end, (laughs) you have a positive, warm feeling of like, oh, I like this film. (laughs) You know, it's like a film can suck, but then it has a good third act. And it it kind of fools you into liking it. Maybe it was that. Well, it's interesting you say that, because, I mean, those those thoughts, I was having that before I saw attractive Olivia at the end. Because I I thought when the character was gone, she wasn't coming back. Yeah. Surprised that she did. Um, But yeah, like the film... There seemed to be it. It sort of went. It it drifted so far away from what I thought the film was going to be. Like he's just in this facility with a bunch of deaf pe- deaf people mm-hmm. learning to be deaf, basically. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is not the heavy metal drama film that I was expecting. <laughs> um, yeah. And you, you were expecting whiplash, but heavy metal. Basically. Not necessarily whiplash. Okay. I just thought it was gonna. We were gonna spend more time in that world. Okay. And I didn't think like most of the film was just gonna be like a bunch of people in a house in the woods. Right. Which okay. it kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like the film seemed to move slow, uh, slow, yeah, slow, so slow, so sort of, it was deliberately paced, I assume. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the pacing was a lot slower and the film was a lot emptier, I suppose, than I was expecting. I know what you mean. So I was a bit like, I'm I'm really not being, I'm really not taken by this. Okay. And then you have the whole, the sequence where he gets the implants. Mm -hmm. I've seen that as a criticism as well. Like the fact that the film kind of demonizes implants almost. Okay. I don't know how I feel about that. Does it demonize it? I don't think it... That's the thing. It's... Because this is the interesting thing. The second act lull, if you will, is he gets implants. Yeah. So that he can hear again. Mm-hmm. Um, and Paul Racy is like, look, this facility is for people who are deaf. Mm-hmm. I need people who are committed to... Something sounds almost gatekeeper I need people who are committed to the idea of being yeah, deaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fuck off, basically. Right. But I like that, like he was crying during that scene. Like you could tell that, yeah, that character had become close to Riz Ahmed. Yes. And he didn't want to do what he was doing. Mm-hmm. That was nicely done. Yeah. But yeah, he basically said to him, "If you're going to have implants, it suggests to me that you're not committed to the idea of healing, right? Um, and sort of embracing this new life for yourself. So you have no place in our home, mm-hmm. basically. So he's kind of off on his own again. And yeah, a lot of the. Maybe the entire, like, end of the third act, it's... All of the audio is, like, filtered through these implants. Yeah. And it's very... That's when the title becomes apparent. Right. 
the sound of metal because yes. it does sound like very tinny and scraping and yeah. horrible. Yeah. And sound is like unmixed and it's clashing and you can barely hear people. Yeah, sound is, it's got to be up for sound design. Oh, yeah. yeah I'd yeah. be shocked if it doesn't win. Yeah. Just because yeah, yeah. it's so like obvious. It's such an obvious choice. Yeah, it's isn't the it? forefront tool of the film. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, you've got all of that. And then at the very end of the film, because there are, there is um, one of the, the things that Riz Ahmed has to do. Yeah. Is he like uh, he says? Uh, Paul Racy says, "I want you to sit in a room by yourself, and you, if you can't just sit there, write on the sheet of paper. Yeah, everything. Write everything yeah. that you're thinking right now, and then when you can feel like you can just exist in the space, you stop writing. Mm-hmm. I think the idea being that he can. Well, he says there's a, like a line in the film, isn't he, where he says that you know those moments where you can just sit and exist in the silence yeah. that has been bestowed upon you. That is like your nirvana, yeah. basically." Yeah, the, the 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 deafness nirvana. Like that's yeah. when you've you know that you're okay with it, sort of. Yeah, thing. when yeah. you can just exist in the world with yeah. your deafness. Because that, that's an interesting thing. What most people when they fret about or ponder going deaf, it's oh, I wouldn't be able to hear films or music. Hmm. That's got to be the worst thing. Is you're suddenly faced with utter silence. Yeah, constantly constant silence. And you, in life, when that happens, it can be disquieting. Literally, obviously, but yes. you know, it can be unsettling. Yeah, like oh, I don't like this. I mean, especially in the film itself, because you listen when when the audio drops out of the film, you notice it. Yeah, you like I said, I was thinking, did I? Is that me? You realize yeah. it makes you realize just how quiet silence is. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like that was one of just one of the things that he was doing in the film. He had to sit in this room and just write whenever he was not content with yes. sitting. Yeah. Obviously, he writes a lot. Um, and then the very end of the film. He is like sitting in the city, and there are all of these like horrible scraping. Mm-hmm. Like the ambience of the city is being filtered through these uh, like implants, and it's mm-hmm. just horrible. Mm-hmm. And he turns off the implants, he takes them out, and that is the final shot of the film. It's yeah. him just existing in silence in the city. Mm-hmm. That won me back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, oh, I get it now. Yes. I get what this film is now. Mm-hmm. It's sort of out of nowhere, it's kind of tied everything together. Yeah. It's like, okay. I, I, I don't know if I would watch you again, Sound of Metal, okay. but I get you now. Yes. I see your value now. <laughs> I see your yeah. value now. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, like, I don't have a fundamentally different... I liked it more than you did. Mm. But yeah, I don't have any uh, impulse to rewatch it. Okay. But Riz Ahmed is great. Paul Racy's great. Yeah, he was the surprise as well. I, I sort of went into it thinking, oh, it'll be, like, it'll be an okay film. Riz Ahmed will be good. Olivia Cook will be good, and mm-hmm. I'll be that. And... Paul Racy was the the one surprise. It was like, yeah. oh, he is the standout. He's yes. really good. It's been nominated for quite a lot of screenplay awards. Like, fair enough. But yeah, I wouldn't foreground the screenplay necessarily. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's that. No. It's a film for its performances, right? Performances and just the film. Yeah. If the film was nominated, it'd be a fair enough. Yeah. Director, uh, maybe. I didn't, yeah. But you I, know I, mean? I know. I know that like, you know, uh, performances are a big, mm. they're influenced heavily by the direction. Yes. Um, yeah, it's really not... I don't really see a director in this No, film. it's an actor's film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, as for the implants thing, I, I never felt like it demonized implants. I mean, it felt like it just depicted them realistically. Yes. Because like, I think the idea is that the character was expecting them to be a fix-all, like he could just yeah, hear yeah. again. And they said multiple times, that's not the case. Yes. This isn't going to happen. And it's not. Yeah. Um, 
And I suppose, like, the idea of him taking the implants off at the end after being confronted with this, like, abrasive sound, mm. that's supposed to be like, oh, he's rejecting the implants. Right. He's not, though, is he? No, he's embracing the silence. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's not at the expense of the implants. He'll probably use them again. Yeah, yeah. And, like, with the Paul Racy thing, I never interpreted that as, like, oh, you're now an impure deaf person because mm. you've compromised yourself a little bit. Mm. I just viewed it as, no, this place is for people who don't do that. Yeah. It's to really, you know, that's all I took that to mean. Mm. It's like Paul Racy is going, you scum. You've sold no, out. I know, yeah, I know. It's, it's, no, it's, it's not quite that. No, he's saying, yeah, no, no, dude, like, this isn't the place for you then. Yeah. Like, go else, which is fair enough. Mm. Uh, yeah, I liked it and I would recommend it. I guess generally. I mean... Okay. I wouldn't know who to narrow it down to. No, that's the thing. It's not, yeah. it's not like the type of film that just you put up on Netflix. It's like, oh, I'm going to watch Sound of Metal. Yeah. It's not a casual watch. It's not a casual watch. But no. it's not a heavy watch either, though. No. Which is interesting because I don't know where that leaves it. Yeah. It's somewhere between casual and heavy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where that leaves it. Mm. What's between soft rock and heavy metal? Um... Just rock. Yeah, rock. So it's just a drama. Hard rock? Certainly not hard rock. It's not hard rock. It's just a drama. Yeah. It's Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. It's just rock. Yeah, Red yeah. Hot Chili Peppers. All right. Okay. I think that's it. Okay. I think that's everything we need to talk about. <laughs> I, th- I think we've, we've gone on long enough, haven't we? I think so, yeah. If there is anything else, I'm sure we can, we can you know... Can we stick to the two-hour rule from now on? <laughs> yeah, for, give, give us this one. Yeah, audience. just this one. Give yeah. us this one. We had some catching up to do. Okay. Well, we'll see you next time then. Bye. Bye.